Hey folks, welcome to the Music of the Spheres podcast. We are broadcasting tonight from somewhere deep in the hills of upstate New York. Wherever, whenever, and however you're listening, we thank you for being part of our universe. We are two brothers, bivocational ministers, seekers of truth, and drinkers of yellow beer. And this is episode number 20. Two zero, the Roaring Twenties. Yes, yeah, we've entered the Roaring Twenties. This is the first one, so it's just mm. the Roaring Twenty. I didn't right notice we were at twenty already. This is episode number twenty. Yeah, exciting stuff, right? Yeah. It took us a while to get to tw- <laughs> to twenty. Yeah, we've been a little bit of stutter stepping yeah. in, in twenty three. But I don't know how many people are actually caught up, so they might not even notice. Right, might, might be maybe. seamless to them. Right. Exactly, because we um, are so long-winded in our podcasts <laughs> that they tend to be long. So that could be the thing that is happening. Um, yeah, so uh, welcome to episode number 20. We're excited to be uh, to be there in the 20s and uh, quickly approaching the 25th show, which is kind of exciting uh, to get to those kind of round numbers. So that's always a good thing. Um, so we always begin the show with a little science update from uh, whoever's presenting for this particular week. And... Uh, Episode number 20 is Jason's episode to present, so he's got a something of a science update for us, yes? Yeah, speaking of uh, 20, the spring equinox was March 20th. Uh, okay, yeah. It was a Monday, and uh, so I, I don't know, it kind of got me thinking it's the uh, the spring equinox in the northern hemisphere, which is where we are. Um occurs when the sun crosses the celestial celestial equator going south to north. And then the celestial equator is kind of cool because it's kind of like an ima- imaginary line um, in the sky. Oh, okay. Above That's... above the Earth's right, equator. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. An yeah. Imaginary. Oh, yeah. You know, it's we'll up just, there somewhere. Right, we'll just put it right there. Right, right. <laughs> It's spring now. Yeah. Isn't that how, like, you know, with, with, like, you know, more and more space travel, isn't that how they determine, like, whose airspace is what, right? It's like an imaginary line above oh, the... Oh, probably. Right? So airspace, like, when you're flying a plane, is just above the border of the of the particular nation. Right. But, like, they're trying to figure out if that extends into space or not, right? I yeah, think. right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did see the coolest, um, like, air traffic uh, control map. Like, oh, really? Based on the, like, you know, Boston owns, like... That's like the northeast. Oh right, um, right. Air zone, and then New York yeah. takes over, and then like Cleveland has. You know, it's kind of cool. This little right, right. It's not the normal shape you're you're used to. Yeah, yeah. That's neat. But uh, yeah, in the equinox, equinox, right? Equal, mm-hmm. um, equal amounts of sunlight in the yeah. northern and some southern hemisphere. Oh yeah, pretty yeah. cool. That is cool. Um, yeah, and it's a sign of uh, of warmer days ahead for folks like us. For folks yeah, like us, and yeah. the sun looks different. I've noticed. I don't know if that's. I, I haven't. I've noticed it more and more. I guess as as I've gotten older. I, I think is like the sunlight actually starts to look more like springtime sunlight. You know, just yeah. as you see it sort of glancing into rooms and things like that. You know, like glancing onto my feet right now. Yeah, we usually don't record when there's sunlight. Right. Huh? Right. Yeah, it's a little bit of a different day of the week. A little different schedule this week for us to be. Uh, releasing an episode so um yeah so we've got sunlight in the studio which is mm. rare we only have these two little windows that are just above the frost line up there you know mm. so it's rare and it's nice yeah it is it is good cool all right um so next is the mind of the middle schooler segment and um <laughs> 
said don't make me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I would because I'm really not very funny. So. Yeah, yeah, you're not laughing at all. What's your problem? <laughs> well, I I only ever say you're not funny, directed to my dad. Oh, oh right, that's right, nice right. of you because so uncle is funny. But I'm a little well, I'm a little too sensitive for right. someone to. Yeah, if she said stuff like funny. that, then then all this well, we'd be crying, and yeah. you know, well, no, we have to stop the recording. Is funny. Oh, oh, it's because he's really funny, and I'm not not funny at all. Did you get that yeah. on tape? That's recorded. It is, it's on tape. All yeah. right. Yeah. You are funny. Witness. <laughs> and I am not. Yeah. Clearly. The, the verdict is in. <laughs> All right. So, Lila, do you, what would you like to share with us on the mind of middle schooler today? I know you're feeling a little bit tired. Um, you had a big week. So, you want to say what's up? So, yeah. Um, I'm not going to really talk about a lot because, I mean, you may or may not be able to tell, but um, my throat hurts. And um, my voice is a little scratchy. And that's why I don't want to start laughing. Because when I laugh, it's like... <laughs> so I don't, I don't really want to be laughing right now. Um, but um, I had... Um, I've talked about it on previous episodes. My drama club production, my show. We had three shows. Um... Two yesterday, which was on Saturday, mm-hmm. and one on Friday. So that happened, and I'm tired, and I'm exhausted, and my voice hurts. So I'm not going to share a ton today, but that's really all. And um, I think I have a question. Yeah, Uncle Jason's got a question for yeah. you, I think. Mm-hmm. Although I was going to ask you, did, they, did all three shows kind of blend together? Did they all feel like one, or did they all feel like separate pieces they definitely feel separate because the parts with like the most excitement are the end and the beginning so like they definitely felt separate but they were all equally extremely exciting Hmm. yeah yeah well it's fun for us to watch you you were awesome in the show and we were very proud of the way you did yeah, well, we got to watch together yesterday, mm-hmm. Uncle Jason and I. So. Stage debut, it was so cool. Yeah, and often what comes with a stage debut is a, a raspy voice afterward. So mm-hmm. I think you did it right. Welcome to. Well, uh, I had a raspy voice beforehand. Oh, <laughs> yeah. but you held it together well. Yeah, you know, a lot of. I uh, ate like cough drops, fifty and stuff. cough drops before <laughs> each time I went on stage <laughs> for my solo. Yeah, yeah, you sounded great. Nice. We're very proud of you. Good work. Uh, that kind of, I mean, it, my question is sort of in a similar area. So of the the following three senses, which one do you think you're most attuned to or the one you feel most like connected to? Uh, sight, sound, or smell? What? <laughs> if you said... Hearing, I would have definitely said that because... Oh, hearing is sound. Yeah, hearing. Oh, sound. Okay. Yeah. Probably sound. Does sound also connect to voice? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so definitely, definitely sound. Because I have the ears of what animal? <laughs> um, Like one that hears really well? Yeah. A uh, salamander. What? <laughs> what? No, that doesn't. I don't know. Very well. I thought 
They had really good ears. I know cats can hear really well. They have like 200 muscles oh, in their wow, ears. That's kind of really? creepy. They can turn them and yeah. Um, so I have the ears of a cat. Um, I can. That that explains why they get startled so easily. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, I have the ears of a cat or any other animal that you think has really good hearing ears. Um, because, um, that like, I can hear from, I can hear whispers from one story up, um, and, um, like, yeah, so, um, I can hear really well, and I feel very connected to my voice. It's probably why you're such a good musician, though, too. Yeah. Because to do that, you have to be a really good listener. Especially when you're trying to make music with other people, mm-hmm. like this weekend. Yeah. One of the things I tell the church choir is, listen louder than you sing. Mm. Mm. Got to have good ears. Sage advice. Mm. Sage is nice. <laughs> sage? And it's also advice. Didn't he say stage? Stage? Did you say stage or sage? I said sage, but... Wait, Why? I don't know, actually. <laughs> a sage is uh, someone who's wise. We're is lost that? in the herb garden now, aren't we? <laughs> Took a little detail yeah. there. <laughs> What's the rosemary and thyme thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Parsley, sage, rosemary, oh, right. and thyme. Yeah. Parsley. <laughs> Are you going to Scarborough Fair? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for joining us, Lila. We appreciate you being with us. Yeah, congrats hey. again. Uh-huh. You'll never have a stage debut uh-huh. ever again. Yep. What are you talking about? Hey, <laughs> you're going to wear my voice out. Seasoned veteran now. Yeah. No, I will always go back to drama club. Don't oh, good. you yeah. worry. Okay. I'm right. not. I'm but not it'll never be the first time again, is what he meant. Yeah. True. That yeah, was your only first time, right? Now yeah. after this, it's all going to be old hat for you. But new parts, new yeah. roles will come, mm-hmm. which is fun. Yeah. Get, get to play somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on the Mind of the Middle Schooler, Lila. I yeah. know that you've got some uh, some rest and relaxation to do now after mm. your busy week and busy weekend. So have a great afternoon, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay, yeah, bye. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> All right. So how are you doing, brother? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good. I was, uh, I saw... Um, our school, high school, was having their drama production, oh, yeah. and a water main broke in the village. Um, no so way. they had to like. I think they they were able to do last night's, mm-hmm. and had to cancel yesterday's uh, matinee. Oh no! Or postpone it until today. It looks yeah. like so. That's just that. Yeah, that's crazy though. I mean to. Put in all that work and then yeah. think, oh man, maybe we're gonna like not even have all of our shows, and then yeah, for middle schoolers and high schoolers to switch on the fly like that too. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot. That's tough. But, and those things they do take a lot of time. I mean, I was never on mm-hmm. stage for anything like that, but I played in the pit orchestras, yeah, you know, a few times, and I always loved being a part of it. But it, yeah, it's like the rehearsals. There's a lot of them, and mm-hmm. you know, the shows are like your you know whole weekends. I think a couple of the ones we did were like multiple weekend shows when we were in the community theater. Oh yeah, yeah. Thing. So yep. it's like you know, a couple weekends in a row of being there the whole time. So. Yeah. But it's fun. Definitely fun. Definitely fun community mm-hmm. being part of. So. Glad she got to do it. It was really cool watching her. Um, you know, up there doing her thing. So. 
Definitely. Fun stuff. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been busy. We've missed a few weeks. Um, Lila was sick, um, and then so we couldn't we couldn't record because she had COVID. So we don't want anybody coming over to the house. Right. And, and then uh, and then something else happened. There was some other scheduling gaffe we had. So we've yeah once Airport. again. Trips oh, and drops yeah. off, drop off for right, pickup right, right. or stuff like yeah. that, and we're our schedules are so tight anyway. If we miss a Wednesday, then it just right, knocks yeah. us out. And yeah. We're like, well, how about next Tuesday? Well, that's almost <laughs> Wednesday, so let's just do it. You know, it's like, um, but we're back on. Uh, we're recording on an off day today on a Sunday afternoon, which is nice. And then uh, yeah, we are nice. we are scheduling our Wednesday night this week. So two rapid fire here. If, uh, if nobody gets sick or gets on an airplane, we should be good. <laughs> should be good to go. Um, all right, so uh, we're moving right along. We have a listener communication to share with you, which actually came in uh, a couple weeks ago, but because we haven't had sods, we haven't had a chance to read this listener communication. Um, and so this is, uh, this is from someone named Lynn, and they, um, they write this. Dear Pastor Jason and Pastor Jordan, thank you for your work on the podcast. I am a new listener and have started at the beginning. Yay, somebody's starting from the beginning. That's cool. Um, Jason has lots of my reflections in his text and can share in a from the beginning segment, which you can start as you look back upon all these months. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe we need another segment here, um, especially like for weeks when Lila can't do it for some reason. Yeah, yeah. We could do it. We can add another segment into the beginning. Um, I do believe that Lila's segment should be called Lila's Loquations, although that's not really a word. <laughs> I don't know. I th- is that's not a word? Loquations? I, I don't know. Loquacious is a word. Yeah, I know. So wouldn't loquation? I don't know. To, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's like the act of being. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Loquacious. Oh yeah, I guess it's. Uh, I guess it's. Oh, uh, on Facebook, it's a poetry reading group that meets on the second Tuesday of the month. <laughs> <laughs> the Loquations. <laughs> if you'd like to be a part of a poetry reading group, you could try that out. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's uh, it's at least a word to someone. Yeah, you know, more than just our uh, our emailer. So perfect. Um, and uh, our emailer continues. Yes, I agree with your father. It's lovely to hear your natural brotherly banter. It does feel a lot like the hours of conversation we all had with peers once upon a time in college. Over yellow beer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thank you, and keep up the good work, Lynn. So it was really yeah. nice to, to hear from you, Lynn. Thanks for sharing um, your your thoughts with us. And, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll maybe share some of that uh, from the beginnings and stuff at some point. So. Yeah, I might have to uh, screenshot these. I think my texts delete after 30 days. So, <laughs> Oh, really? You got your phone set on, on auto clear? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. But you have some text from Lynn? She's I do, yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, about, um, I think she's she's a few episodes in. Because oh, nice. now she's uh, she's like figured out her Enneagram number and things like that. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah, trying to guess other people's, uh, at nice. least this morning at church she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you, I, I bet he's that. I was like, uh, right. I don't know. What was the Enneagram episode number? How did it been like? Is that like um, four or six, maybe something like that? One maybe of the it was ones, I think. six. Yeah, cool. maybe it was four. Yeah. All right. So she's going to have to listen, you know, pretty steadily to catch up to hear her email read. It's on twenty. Yep. So. Yep. That's an interesting thing about podcasting. Uh-huh. So like, it's this weird like past future thing that's happening all right. at once. You know? There is no time. Yeah. Really. <laughs> there is no kind time. of like when you're in the airport. Yeah. 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 It's timeless. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Six thirty a.m. feels like you know four thirty p.m. Right. at the airport. Yeah, so, what's going on here? <laughs> it's weird. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lynn, for uh, for sending us a message. Uh, send us another one. And uh, if you all would like to uh, share your thoughts with us here at the Music of the Spheres podcast, you can just send us an email, brothers at musicofthespherespodcast.com. And uh, shoot us a note. Let us know what you think. If you have any ideas or you want to get involved in the conversations that we're having, we'd love to love to have you um, anytime. So um, thanks for emailing the show. All right. Um, so I guess we're just going to go right on to any social media updates that we have. Anything? Have, have you received anything? Like, you know, I don't see it. So um, um, anything out there? Or? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess because we haven't had the, the episodes uh, in the last couple of weeks, haven't really had any interaction out there um but you can find us on facebook and instagram is main mainly where we show up jordan and i have not uh well jordan has no <laughs> social media but i've not gotten into um tiktok or snapchat a little dabbled in twitter a little bit but um kind of a scary place with a lot of angry people it seems like you know instagram is just like nice pictures right but tw- right. twitter you go on there and it's like ah well yeah. my soul is burning so <laughs> I, think, I guess i yeah. guess i'll leave yeah and yeah, people get angry on those social media sometimes uh-huh. it seems like yeah it's uh, like road rage right like for some reason like if you're you're insulated inside a car or you know on your cell phone you know yeah by the internet like you feel like you can yeah. express stuff that you wouldn't otherwise right you become a say com- things yeah. on twitter they wouldn't ever say you like become a face. completely different person like yeah. <laughs> in the yeah in the car so. right 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 yelling things at people it's yeah. like you wouldn't do that if you're just walking on the sidewalk <laughs> right. and somebody cuts you off and yeah. start yelling but yeah. for some reason you do it in the car right that's weird <laughs> But you're the like you know you're the one with the with the psychology stuff going on. You can figure mm. that out for us. Why people behave like that in those situations versus like interacting face to face? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. There, it's the main point is kind of the the idea that you're sort of um, distanced, or there's like um, online, obviously, like a perceived sort of anonymity, right? Right. And in your car, not as much, but like you kind of have this protective shell, yeah, literally around you, right, right. Um, I don't know, yeah, yeah. More protective shell, bigger jerk. Like a yeah, no, there's a bumper sticker, yeah, in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not into selling bumper stickers yet on Music of the Spheres podcast because we haven't thought of a good enough one, <laughs> so we can't we can't sell them. But talking about social media it does make me feel old because, like, I I was just talking about TikTok and Snapchat, and I was like, I barely know what I'm saying. Right. Like, I yeah barely know what that is. TikTok, it, I think, is like short little clips or something. Right. Snapchat is like things that are there and then they disappear. Yeah, I think so. I think I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But it's like. I feel like I'm becoming that guy. Like, ah, oh, the kids with their yeah, yeah. Snapchats. Yeah, you're becoming the get off my lawn guy. <laughs> yeah, like it happened so fast. It's like yeah, like one day you're young and you're like, I'm young. And yeah, it's like, like I know all these things. Literally the next day you're like, now nah, I'm old. <laughs> I don't know this stuff. Yeah. Do you guys have Facebook? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you forty? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really funny. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, uh, so we decided to ch- slightly change the format <laughs> so that whichever brother is presenting is also going to present the beer. So uh, this is Jason's first beer that he's brought to the podcast. Usually I pick yeah. them out, but uh, 
but he's he's starting off with a bang. You want to tell us what you got for us here? Well, I went through uh, uh, your your distributor, right, De Crescenti, mm-hmm. and tried to figure out like what what else they sell. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh, you know what? What are some of these that are out there? Yeah, and I saw this one on the on the list. Yeah, never heard of it before. Didn't know it was owned by a larger company. Yeah, you've never heard of this before. I don't think so. Really? Yeah. So we're looking at Keystone Light. Yeah. Coors right. Brewing Company. So I don't know what that means. Is that like how Ford owned Mercury? <laughs> right, right. Is that kind of like yep. a, the situation we're in right now? Yep, yep. Yeah, so it's just, you know, acquisitions, right? So a, a larger a larger brewery, you know, merges with another one. They become a big conglomerate, you know. So like Miller and Coors used to be two separate brands now it's really right. cores they merged and okay so they're their own thing um and now they also you know have along the way purchased a bunch of other brands too so they all used to be you know independent and they get bought up right you know? so there's another one so this one was bought up some of them are just contract brewed meaning that you know they're own they're owned separately but they are brewed by somebody else for them you know okay as a as a contract kind of thing, yeah. And some of them are just they buy the rights to produce the beers. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't think I've heard of this really before. I mean, maybe in college I saw. Yeah, I, I thought saw this these. was I thought this was you and Heath drank in college. It was Keystone Light. I thought that's why you brought it. I thought this was going to be the story. You know, maybe <laughs> you guys actually, drank Keystone Light all the time. That sounds very familiar. I'm going to have to text him because. Now that you mentioned it. Or it yeah. was like Natty Ice or something, you I, guys. I yeah, feel I like... don't think we were Natty. I think we were Keystone. I, yeah. I, you know what? I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I th- so it's like a, this is it's why like it's... a Freudian thing. It's like <laughs> imprinted in your memory. Yeah, it was like it. Uh, like a little worm yeah. uh, placed in And mind. the only reason you didn't remember it is because you drank so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you didn't remember Yeah, it. and they tasted so good. Yeah. yeah. I guess we'll, we're about to find out. I guess so. Describe the can for people. Pretty simple can. Um, you know, it's like a blue, actually it looks like a, a Miller kind of can mm-hmm. with a Keystone light. Keystone, what's the Keystone state? Is there a state that's... There is a Keystone state. Is that yep, where they were originally from? I don't know. I don't know, but we do have the powers of the internet right here. And it does fix. say... Uh, that's how we looked up Locations Poetry Group that meets every Tuesday night. Loquation. Loquations. Yeah. What's right. the location of the location? Yeah, I don't know where it's Facebook. They're on social media. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, it's got a little uh sort of golden Coors brewing company little oh, yeah. star there. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's a keystone. Yeah. Did it say it there? No, but uh, it just came to me. Oh, it just came to you. As I looked it up. Yeah. So maybe you're able to tap in psychologically to my Google search. Right, I'm tapping in from my past and <laughs> from across the table. All right, so let's see. What, why is it called the Keystone State? Um, That's a great question. The term Keystone comes from the architecture and refers to the central wedge-shaped stone in an arch, which holds all the other stones in place. During the early days of our nation, Pennsylvania held a key position geographically, economically, and politically. There you go. Today, the keystone is a popular symbol of Pennsylvania. It's even used uh, as an official symbol of Pennsylvania state government. Each Pennsylvania state agency has its own variation of the keystone as its logo. So there you go. It is the keystone state because it's so lasted important. 
That's yeah, why. It's, uh, it's the Keystone. Held the early union together, clearly. Well, and it's still, uh, Pennsylvania still plays a pretty important role as a sort of a swing state. Oh, that's a, true. Uh, that's true. Yeah. You know, a lot of, a lot of good electoral votes yeah. to be had there. Very effervescent. Mm-hmm. Lots of bubbles. A light, frothy head. Very white colored foam. It's a light golden straw. It's not super yellow, super pale. We've had we've had lighter colored mm-hmm. beers. All right. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, it gives off quite a strong aroma. I mean, it is almost as if like I'm walking into a place that just brewed some beer or is brew is in the process. Yeah. You know that yeah. kind of smell of like yeah, lots of like a like a grainy character. Mm-hmm. Carbonation is nice and high. It's very effervescent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess you can tell why, uh, you know, so many go down so smooth in college. Yeah, yeah. And that you don't even remember them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, I can't remember. I forgot forgot Keystone. Yeah. Wow. It does have an interesting, there's an interesting flavor in, in at the uh, at the finish. It's almost like a, it's like a graininess, but also, I don't know, almost like a, like a creamy kind of flavor to it. Hmm. Interesting. It's uh, a, a little bit akin to the Genesee Cream Ale, but this is yeah. Certain this is a lager, right? Do they? It's interesting. They use hop extract. It says it right on the right on the uh, right on the can. It uses hop extract. So that's a uh, that's kind of it. did it. Have we talked about hop extract at all? I don't think so. And what about uh, dextrose being? part of the brewing process mm-hmm. a lot of times that is oh really yeah dextrose is just a it's essentially just a simple sugar um and uh sometimes it's maltodextrin which is made out of you know maltose which is the sugar that's present in malt right um but you can have uh dextrose that comes from other sources too but it's really just a simple sugar that's all it is okay um so yeast eats it makes alcohol. So sometimes you'll add that to sometimes it's a cheaper ingredient than using, you know, barley malt. This also says corn syrup on it. They use some corn syrup in the fermentation. Yeah. So the, those things are called adjuncts. Um yeah, well that that is corn syrup, it's the dextrose. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So they'll use they'll use adjuncts, uh, other things, you know, just to feed the yeast that are a little bit cheaper than using grain. And that's why you can have, you know, budget beers, discount beers because they're they're yes. made with ingredients that are more. This relevant. was certainly uh, budget. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. No wonder your first one was a budget option. <laughs> cool. Yeah, Keystone Light. That's not too bad, really. There's any like nothing lingers. Yeah, it's just that that finish, which maybe maybe is a product of the of the corn syrup. Yeah, that's in it. It's, Probably it's like a slightly slightly creamier sweetness there, mm-hmm. and then hop extract is it's actual. Hop cones, like hop flowers, but they'll actually press them with high pressure CO two, like in a, you know, in a in a cylinder of some sort. You know, they squeeze them, you know, not mechanically, but they squeeze them with pressure mm-hmm. by increasing the pressure to very high, like three hundred psi. Oh wow! And it squeezes the the you know liquids right out of the hop cone itself, and then mm-hmm. they gather that stuff. So it comes like a it's like a really thick uh, syrup. You know, that you have to like rehydrate and bo- in boiling 
wort or water to get it to you know rehydrate and come out of the it comes in a little can okay we've used it before because it's a really wonderfully efficient way to get real hop flavors in the beer without vegetation flavors yeah so nice so that's a that's a nice ingredient to use sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes it's a little cleaner of a hop flavor because you're not also you're not putting any like leaf material in your in your beer right yeah and uh this is our well now we've had a few from pennsylvania the oh, Yang- yeah. i don't know how many yinglings we've yep a few yinglings done mm-hmm um, and uh, the Straub. Straub. <laughs> Straub. Straub. And that was from Pennsylvania, too. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it's a good state. Excellent. Good state for uh, voting and good mm-hmm. state for drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Two uh, <laughs> pillars of America. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they have, you know, they got a bunch of sports teams down there in Philadelphia. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Good Phillies. Stuff. Phillies are going to be good again. Looks yeah. Like. They were just in the World Series, weren't they? They were. Yeah. I'm excited. The baseball season is starting. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Thursday, right? Thursday. Yeah. The yeah. night after our next episode 21 and then baseball starts. When I read uh, seven or nine Cy Young winners are starting on opening day. Oh, really? Something like oh, that's that. That's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. That's a cool stat. Yeah. Lyle and I are going to hunker down on Thursday night and listen to the Blue Jays play baseball. Nice. So that'll be fun. All right. Well, uh, there you go. Keystone Light. Thanks, uh, Jason, for yeah. bringing some beer to the to the studio for us on that one. A yeah, product of my upbringing. Yeah, I don't even remember. Even, is, is is you hanging out at, at college part of your upbringing? Well, <laughs> like my, my mid upbringing. I don't know. <laughs> you make it sound like you and Dad were were drinking yeah, Keystone like, Light when you were fifteen. Yeah. You know? yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, we worked on the farm together, and then <laughs> when I was eleven, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I fixed the the wagon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. There you go. That's Jason's experience with farming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a short break. Uh, this is segment one of episode 20. We're going to be right back with segment two, and Jason's got some good stuff for us uh, this afternoon to present for us. So uh, stick around through the break, and we'll be right back here on the Music of the Spheres podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Say, uh, we just got a good luck wish from Lila. 
she was just looking for another opportunity to slam the door, I think, because <laughs> there wasn't enough dust floating yeah. down into our keystone light from the ceiling. <laughs> so she wanted to get another slam in there, release the next <laughs> the next layer of dust. Yeah, I, I was thinking that we've never, well, maybe one, maybe one other or two other times we've recorded not on a weeknight. Yeah, we've never done it while there's sunlight, I don't think. Really? Okay. I think it's our first... Yes, I think this is our first daytime recording. Yeah, yeah. Where also where Lila doesn't go to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she keeps, coming, she keeps coming back down here and we'll get a, us. We'll get another <laughs> message at the beginning of segment three. Uh. <laughs> yes, uh, listeners beware. There could be more Lila appearances in this in this episode. <laughs> um, so as I asked Lila um, about her senses, specifically uh, hearing, smelling, and seeing. Yeah. Um, that's where we are in the nature fix as well. Part okay. two is uh, really kind of focusing on uh, those three uh, senses, okay, and how uh, how nature kind of interacts with us on on those three ways. So first, we find ourselves in Korea. Um, oh yeah, that's right. So I, I've kind of forgot. Mm-hmm. The last one, it was uh, started in Japan, and then we worked our way back to like what, mm-hmm. Southwest U.S. Yeah, I think, I think like yeah, Utah, mm-hmm. uh, maybe other surrounding areas. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yep. And so now we're going on another little yeah. Now trip we go around to, the globe. Yeah. Now we go to Korea. All right. Love, love. Um, we sang a hymn this morning at church from Korea. It was a Korean. Really? Yep. We didn't sing it in Korean, but we okay. It was a, a, of, of Korean origin, which kind of cool. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. There's not too many of those in the hymnal, so. Yeah, it was great. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah, the first thing is uh, is to kind of talk about um, the suspense uh, is killing me. Terpene. I had to find it here in the book. <laughs> um, I underlined this large section. I was like, "Where's terpene. the Where's the word I actually want?" Um, uh, which uh, here's another word: geosmin. Geosmin. Geosmin? Geosmin? Yeah. Geosmin. You've heard this word before. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like, it's like, um, I mean, the way that I've encountered the word geosmin is in um, uh, beer flavor sensory training. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's where I've encountered that. Is that you? Okay. So you. That makes sense. Right. Um, Sometimes, like, if you serve a beer through an old draft line or something like that, you know, it can yeah. get like a like a dusty, moldy, dirt-like flavor to it, <laughs> and that's geosmin. It's because, yep. you know, geo is like the earth, uh-huh. right? So it's like yep. the flavor of earth in your in your beer. Yeah. Sometimes people will call it earthy. In most beer styles, you don't want that. You know? Okay. It's not a good thing. <laughs> and when you put it in your, like, you get these little flavor spike kits and you put it in clean beer. You know, and then you taste, you know, clean beer with these spikes in it. Oh, interesting. So you can learn what they taste like. And I mean, it tastes like, it's like literally like somebody spilled like, like dirt from the ground just right into my beer. Wow. You know, so it's the, it's the, it's that smell you get like when you're gardening and you get, you know, you're working in the yeah. soil with your fingers doing weeding and stuff like that. And then you, mm-hmm. you know, you forget to wash your hands before you touch your face or something. And it's like dirt. But yeah. Um, and that's exactly how the book describes it. It's the funky, great smell of earth after a rain. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. What she would call it, uh-huh. you know. As we move to spring, we'll, we'll be smelling it a lot. Um, yeah. Not really tasting it, and hopefully not in our beers either. Yeah. But um, it is a terpene, which is a family of aromatic 
hydrocarbons. Okay. Uh, and a major component of natural resin. Um, and actually, this is funny. Uh, incidentally, terpenes are also a big ingredient of hops. Yep. Um, I was going to say, I've, so I've, heard, I've heard of terpene before. Uh-huh. Yeah, terpenes are present in hops, and hops are actually very mm-hmm. similar to cannabis. So right, it's to help present. its uh, rich flavor and aroma. Yep. Well, hops so. smells better, I think, than, yeah. <laughs> than cannabis. But anyway. Depends on who you ask, I guess. Right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's interesting. I mean, in Korea, uh, the government is sort of funding these uh, research efforts to study, um, you know, distilling essential oils and their effects on like allergies, ability to kill staph bacteria. Um, and they found that, uh, coniferous essential oils kind of, uh, when applied to the skin in like low concentrations will, uh, help to fight atopic skin diseases. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, mitigate stress by lowering that nasty cortisol um, when inhaled and reduce symptoms of asthma. Right. So these are essential oils given off by plants mm-hmm. that yeah. can actually reduce your cortisol levels. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. And, uh, you know, kind of breathing it in or um, applying it so you can... I mean, yeah, a lot of people will... Um, what is it? Uh, they say... Uh, you start feeling a cold coming on, and they they will immediately immediately rub in the uh, thieves. I think is what they yeah you know yeah. they'll yep. rub that on the on the chest and mm-hmm. start getting the positive effects of nat- what nature has to offer us. Right. Um, I mean, Vicks Vapo Rub is kind of the. I remember Grandma would like slather that stuff all up on you. Right. Right. Yeah. You didn't want to. You didn't want to cough near Grandma. <laughs> no. Yeah, get in the Vicks yeah, treatment. Yeah, she, she was, was like, give me that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that smell would linger like on your skin for days, yeah, yeah. even after like a, on your chest, a shower, or, your, or a bath, on your yeah. top lip. You know, so yeah, that's a sn- sniff it in. Yeah. <laughs> the book was also it also mentioned because it was Korea. There's the demilitarized zone, mm-hmm. um, 160 miles, I think is what what it is. Um, but how that is like brimming with life, right? Because there's no human, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, interaction or whatever yep. messing up the natural up. yeah exactly <laughs> um so which would make a great place for like healing parks and like using the forest right to uh to get these benefits but no one can go there so, right right yeah um, exactly but that's kind of neither here nor there uh this this part might um i thought you'd be particularly interested in this section um so South Koreans are buying into the booming spa and cosmetics cultures and increasingly, though, yearning for the mystical mountains and forests of the deep Korean past. Um, since it arrived here in the 4th century, Buddhism blended nicely with the peninsula's ancient uh, animistic shamanism, the idea that natural objects have a spirit in Korea, one of the most powerful spirits is the Sanshin, the mountain spirit. So trees, too, have long been venerated as guardians of people and villages. But by the 14th century, Korean rulers would find um, 
in China originated Confucianism with its teachings of regimented status, societal obligations, and uncompromising worth, work ethic, mm-hmm. a politically convenient philosophy for growing a nation state. Mm. So now there's this uneasy and unequal uh, detente between opposites, she writes. Mm-hmm. A technology touting competitive and hierarchical system on the one hand, and the nature-affiliated spirits are everywhere um, on the other hand. So kind of, uh, I would say, and I would also say Korea is not the only place where that sort of feeling is, you know, that starting to have a bit of that dichotomy of we're living in these really advanced technological cultures, mm-hmm. um, many of us. And then we we recognize this world around us too that mm-hmm. was how our you know ancestors in, interacted with the world what what they would use for their um, for their well being for mm-hmm. you know growing their own food and hunting game and um, whatever it was now we just kind of see it out the window of our office. Right. Um, yeah. So I don't. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm or, curious. Or we look at pictures of it on our phone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> on our phone that's named after a natural, yeah. right. uh, whatever habitat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, as we go on Safari, um, which really just means Google these days. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean that. That I think that's maybe not unique to Korea, but just because of Korea's. Uh, uh, work ethic and um I, I think there's a story i don't know if it was in this chapter um i think so though about a a guy just like worked himself you did you told us about that in the oh okay in, in the intro episode okay yep about yeah. how that was that's the, kind of where the idea came from for you know looking more deeply into this stuff is, mm-hmm. you know this can actually happen. You can actually work yourself to death. And that was why I think, or it was either in the introduction or the or the first episode, right? Yeah, series. maybe it was. Yeah, maybe it was. We're talking about Japan and how it's, yep. they they have a word for you know, mm-hmm. just there's one word and it's just when you work yourself to death. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and I, yeah, similar similar uh, work ethic kind of stuff is happening in Korea mm-hmm. as well. Um, so she she goes on to talk about smells um, emerging as kind of the brain's emotional um, uh, way to sort of experience the world. Um, The uh, uh, nothing hits the brain's emotional neurons more powerfully than odor. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Because scents immediately enter the primal brain where the amygdala is waiting to command a fight or flight response. Um, That emotional amygdala is... Highly wired to the hippocampus, right, where memories are stored. Um, So a keen sense of smell was critical uh, for ancestors who were seeking food and water in these sort of scarce and maybe dangerous environments. Right. Um, And really, she she writes, the human nose can detect one trillion odors, um, including many we don't even realize we are detecting. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, which, I'm smelling something that I don't even know I'm smelling. Yeah, <laughs> which I think is really great. That I yeah yeah. I'm, this imagine if you had to smell all of them. <laughs> you know? like, 
And that's amazing to me when you say how many, how many millions, was it billions? What was the number? It was billions. Billions. Uh, trillion. Trillion. One trillion. One trillion. Odors. One trillion odors. Yeah. 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 But, and to think like there are m- many creatures that have, you know, a far more advanced sense of smell than we do, you know, like dogs, mm. you know, we know, we know that dogs can smell way better than humans. I mean, right. they don't smell better than humans, but they yeah. can. They can use their sense of scent better than humans. Yeah. <laughs> Not on themselves. Yeah. Well, sometimes they smell though. better on humans, depending on which humans you're smelling. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> and which dogs you're smelling. Yeah. It's all relative. I don't yeah. try. I try not to do a lot of. You don't things. go to your, you know, and you're walking your dog and yeah, yeah. you cross a neighbor. You don't go sniff the neighbor's dog. No, not like the dog sniffs the neighbor's dog. <laughs> right. It's a good thing we don't. You know, greet each other like that. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. dogs do. <laughs> hey, how are you doing today? Let me sniff your Can dog. I trust you by <laughs> smelling you? <laughs> you smell trustworthy. <laughs> uh, sadly, though, our brilliant sense of smell, even as weak as it is compared to animals, um, maybe on the wane due to um, mutations, um, thousand genes involved in nasal reception have uh, been inactivated just because we don't use it don't use it and and then you lose it kind of thing or kind of yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that's what she's saying really i mean i Um, guess it would make sense if if you know if through mutation you know certain things that aren't being used sort of dissipate in a in a species right over time and then other i mean and then other than like a few Things I can think of, like you know, smelling smoke or smelling gas. Mm-hmm. Our uh, our ability to smell kind of no longer affects yeah. our survival, or maybe like it's, it used to. Maybe it's not even like an evolutionary thing. Maybe it's just like a like an atrophy. You know, like if you don't use muscles. You know, like I remember mm, yeah, when yeah. I had knee surgery and I couldn't put weight on my one leg for two months. I remember like just watching my one thigh muscle just disappear. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was like disturbing to look at because it's like so different from my other leg which Mm -hmm. i was bearing all the weight at the time you know and so it's like this and anybody that's ever gone through something like that will know what i'm talking about it's just a it's a weird thing but you know what they talk about when they say a muscle atrophy Mm because it's just not getting used so it's just hanging out you know doing nothing and it disappears Mm -hmm. you know and so i wonder if that's more what's happening is that if we're not using our sense of smell you know in our everyday survival you know, method and not honing it, not training it. Mm-hmm. If it's kind of the same thing, if it just kind of goes away. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned that the the nose kind of is a pathway to the brain, right? Yep. Which is why some drugs are administered nasally. Mm-hmm. And you can think of some of those. Yep. Um, bypass sort of the blood brain barrier. You just kind of yeah. just go right, right in there. Um, it's uh, convenient for pharmaceutical companies, but it's it's less helpful in a world filled with pollution, she says. Hmm. Um, scientists have known for a long time that particulate matter from sources like diesel um, sort of shortens lifespans um, and kind of weakens the effect of taking things nasally as well because there's just a lot more. Unless you use that, what's that one... Uh, 
Navage. You ever hear those? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've heard the commercials on the radio before. I don't know. Yeah. I can't tell if it's like yeah. a scam or what yeah. it is. But I love the guy's voice. You know, yeah. he's like oh, the way he says Navage. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like a, it sounds like you know, like when SNL comes back from the commercial break and you can't tell if it's a real commercial for a second or not. That's <laughs> right. kind of what it is on the radio when you hear this guy talking about Navage. Is this going to be a joke? Yeah, this is like an <laughs> SNL short, right? All the all of our listeners that use Navage are getting really upset with us. No, right yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> you send an angry email like, yeah. <laughs> i shove that up my nose every day don't make fun of me if it really works please email us because it sounds great to have like yeah. all of that cleared out whatever yeah. that is yeah yeah i mean he makes it sound like there's a lot of junk up there yeah yeah well when they want to sell it to you you know mm-hmm. make you afraid of your own nose junk right yeah <laughs> well particulate pollution we know that's yeah, yeah, yeah. all around us that's it great happens. Well, yeah. we're breathing it right now because lila slams the door and releases right. all of the whatever is in your dust. ceiling tiles <laughs> yeah let's not do a study on what's in there no i know, I know. Um, but that's a very strong factor likely in why going to the woods makes us feel better and more cognitively nimble yeah um right there's there's like the humidity yeah in in forests mm-hmm. you know they soak up all that particulate pollution yeah um and then we know beneath right beneath the trees is this uh carbon soil that's mm-hmm. not great in your beer but really yeah. good for us to be smelling and yeah uh breathing in um kind of helps clean clean us up clean us up from from the nose yeah Inward. Well, there is something about that. I mean, this so it's spring now for us. You mm-hmm. talked about the spring equinox, which was um, earlier this week, and uh, and and this time of year for anybody who lives in a place where there's springtime, you know, you get that. Mm. You can go outside, and the sun is kind of hitting the soil for the first time after the snow has gone away. Yeah, you know, and it gets warm, and it's like you know, there's it's it's wet because there's run off from the snow mm-hmm. and you can kind of smell like there's this the smell of spring which yeah. has to be in part geosmin like you're you're actually smelling the yeah. you're smelling the earth mm-hmm. you're actually smelling the planet that you live on kind of come alive you yeah know? it's like it's like the morning breath of planet earth that's <laughs> <laughs> what it is <laughs> i guess it's waking up yeah you know? I, yeah i guess so and it needs to brush its teeth but you know it's like it's got that feel of like you know uh-huh newness like freshness you know it's like maybe it doesn't need to brush teeth. maybe it's just good the way it is yeah the metaphor is like almost there i think (laughs) yeah i'm workshopping it yeah right yeah Yeah. by episode 21 i'll have something really good for you (laughs) because i don't know too many people who uh think like oh yeah i love morning breath (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's like the morning breath of planet earth (laughs) is what it is I guess it's waking up. Yeah, you know? I, yeah, I guess so. And it needs to brush its teeth, but you know, it's like it's got that feel of like you know, uh-huh. newness, like freshness. You know, it's like maybe it doesn't need to brush its teeth. Maybe it's just good the way it is. Yeah, but. the metaphor is like almost there. I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm workshopping it. Actually. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. By episode twenty-one, yeah. I'll have something really good for you. Because <laughs> I don't know too many people who uh, think like, oh yeah, I love morning breath. <laughs> Because she sticks her face right in my face in the morning, so she must be okay with it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Speaking of aromatherapy. <laughs> <laughs> Which people are going to need after listening to this episode. <laughs> um, you know, using fragrance to help heal. Um, it was said that Cleopatra used rose petals to lure Mark Antony. Um, hmm. Retail stores and uh, consumer product manufacturers 
know how to exploit the nose brain connection. Oh yeah. I don't know if there are any any of them left, but uh Abercrombie and Fitch and other stores like uh Hollister, if mm-hmm. you ever went to the mall, mm-hmm. you know, malls used to exist. Yeah, I've heard of um, them. Yeah, right. <laughs> they used to like pump out their colognes like Oh really? Like you would walk by and you'd hear the music mm-hmm. and but you'd also smell the Yep. The smelled like teen spirit in there. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, it was also said that uh, Windex, the smell of Windex, changes our behavior. No way. Yeah. How so? The smell of cleanliness makes us aspirational. Really? what she says. Yeah. Um, yeah, a greater willingness to... Um, to volunteer. It's like a... a or volunteer to clean or uh, participate... To be aspirational, hmm. um, it's a smell of virtue. Really, that's what Windex is. <laughs> wow, it smells clean, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And here she says, when we sm- when we say we can smell spring, we are really smelling tree aerosols. Yeah, uh, the air temperature heats up, so do the biochemical reactions within the wood and the leaves. So, yeah. yeah. It's something like morning breath, but it's not quite. I don't know. I don't know what the exact yeah. uh, apples to apples comparison yeah, is. No, no. We're gonna have to do a whole like a whole like episode of cuts of just bad metaphors that we've used on the show. That's gonna be right in there. That'll well, be the first one. Yeah, that's a long episode right there. Yeah. <laughs> it have to be two episodes, a two parter. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting about yeah. the, the Windex and the aroma that it gives off. Actually. You know, and I wonder if, like, if that's why, um, you know, you you sort of get, if you get into, because obviously products like that, they want you to rebuy them, right? The whole idea is, like, buy it, and then they don't want to sell it to you just once, right? They Mm want to, like, keep restocking it, right? So if that makes you feel like, you know, continuing your work i'm going to spray it and clean this window with mm-hmm. my windex and then it's like oh yeah it smells clean you know and they're like well i don't know just, while i'm at it i'll just do this other window you know and you just kind of keep going oh you hit all these mirrors now too right, right yeah well, let's get this next surface and it's like you just keep going right and before you yeah. know it the bottle's empty you're like oh wait gotta go to the store <laughs> get more windex yeah <laughs> i'll like, say the same is true for like pledge yeah. and well, how many commercials when you see when you see somebody in a commercial for one of those products, mm-hmm. you know they use it and then it shows them like taking a deep breath, you know, and like ah, my mm-hmm. home is so clean now, you know, yeah, and and it's that, and I read somewhere where was this that I was reading some some like I don't know maybe a email mailing list or something that I'm on that I try to unsubscribe from, but before you can get to unsubscribe, <laughs> you read something and you're like oh interesting, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Um, it was talking about like making your bed you know, actually changes your attitude, yeah. right, for the day ahead. Right. Something like they did a, there was like a study where um, they studied, they polled people who, you know, who make their bed and people who don't, right? Mm-hmm. And the people who make their bed are reportedly, you know, just happier people by like 20 percentage points or something right. like that, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like 68 to 40 or something like that, you know? And, and then I wonder if it's like, well... Did you just make the bed because you're happy? <laughs> right. You know, is it like is is there a uh-huh. cor- is like a causal correlation, right? Like, yeah, the bed making it makes me happier, or I'm a happier person, therefore I make my bed. 
you know. Mm-hmm. But maybe it doesn't even matter if there's a causal relationship. Maybe it's just you can work the system both ways. Right. I want to be happier, so I'll make my bed. You know, I want to be I want to be more aspirational, so I'll clean my window. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, it's probably like uh, social norms too. I mean, uh, there's probably some people that love kind of not love, but are used to being in like a more cluttered space or yeah. one that doesn't smell like Windex. But yeah. probably like society tells us, oh yeah, your place should smell like Pledge and Windex and like the floor mm-hmm. should be spotless and the bed should be made and mm-hmm. the living room should be tidy and right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so there's, yeah, there's probably a lot of different things going on there. Yeah, it's interesting. So uh, moving on to, I mean, there was more, there was more in that, um, but trying to get through three of these. Uh, so moving on to hearing noise oh yeah um well noise is an unwanted sound um and human levels of noise have been doubling about every 30 years faster than population growth Uh, traffic on roads in the united states tripled between 1970 and 2007 83 percent of the land in the lower 48 states sits within uh, 3,500 feet of a road, yeah, um, which is close enough to hear vehicles. Uh, 30,000 commercial aircraft fly overhead per day. Mm-hmm. Um, human activities in general increase uh, background noise levels by about 30 decibels. Um, wow. The official word for human-made soundscape is uh, anthrophone. Anthrophone. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Your band should be called Jason and the Anthropists. There's <laughs> a lot of noise behind me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. How just... are our decibels? <laughs> They're good, guys. <laughs> Keep <laughs> going. <laughs> just clanking on pots and pans. <laughs> just like breathing, like <laughs> sniffing in Windex <laughs> into a microphone. <laughs> um, so this uh, this guy, a sound engineer. Um, in Washington State, Gordon Hempton ha- was searching for like quiet places in yeah. America. Mm-hmm. Um, one spot is the Ho Rainforest at Olympic National Park. Um, so you get there early; it's uh, it's pretty quiet. But even by midday, you can hear you know flights overhead and things yeah. like that. Like, yeah, getting away from a road is one thing, mm-hmm. but getting a- away from air traffic, that's yep. that's harder. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see what else. Um, yeah. Oh, I mean, um, there's the idea that people can become habituated to sound, at least partly. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Right. Um, Stories of people who say they can't sleep if it's too quiet or they can't work without like a a din, some sort of like Mm -hmm. droning noise or um, some writers have apps that replicate the sounds of a coffee shop or, um, you know, someone who used to live in the city now lives in the country. They have recordings of, you know, 14th Street going on in the background or something right yeah yeah right we probably all have something that we do to yeah 
because we've habituated to these. Well, we've already talked about it. Um, baseball season is coming up. I mean, one of my favorite oh, things yeah. to do, and my, probably one of my favorite things about baseball in general is baseball on the radio. Mm-hmm. I, I love the sound of a ball game on the radio. Yeah. Just, you know, the background noise, you can hear it. And then the way the announcers' voices go up and down, right? And, the, you know, there's more excitement when something's happening. And then sometimes they're just talking about, like, yeah, isn't that funny? I've never seen that particular wristband that the pitcher's wearing before. <laughs> <laughs> they talk about, it's like, you know, these weird things that they, these long conversations. That right. You drift off, and it's just this background sound until something exciting happens. Then you tune mm-hmm. in, and I, and I love it. And uh, because I'm such a big baseball fan, I have the um, the MLB app where you can listen to all the radio broadcasts from all the baseball games all year long. Right. And so you, on a, on a day where there's baseball that starts on the East Coast at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and goes until the West Coast games, the West Coast night games, or you can listen to baseball on the radio for like 12 hours straight. Right. You know, and there's like certain, you know, Saturdays and summertime where it's like eh, just put on another ball game you know mm-hmm. and i got ball games going on all day long you know it's like not really listening like i'm paying attention you know, right. like if you were sitting down and watching a sporting event but yeah but it's definitely it's like that that din behind me most mm-hmm. of the time and then every now and then it's a key in on something that's interesting but yeah i know what yeah. you're talking about with that right um so uh with with sound there's kind of like something to keep in mind as far as like so smell was a way of sort of knowing your environment and knowing whether it was safe used to be used more obviously um less so now in like a modern culture Mm -hmm. but sound is kind of similar as well like sleeping or hibernating animals kind of still maintain like their capacity to to listen Mm -hmm. to react to danger even though they're um in hibernation because it's our main alerting right. system, right? Yeah. Orienting sense. It it tells us not only something is out there, but like where, where it is, oh, where which it's direction. coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can't where smell is... it because it's too far away. Right. But... And even smells are not as directional. Right, you know? yeah. Like you smell and be like, you got to like start getting up and walking around. Right. It's is not that like me? you smell and be like, that came from the left. <laughs> I'm smelling oh, yeah. something to my yeah, left. Yeah, that's definitely from my left nostril. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have to like walk and see like, do I smell it more? Hotter, hotter, <laughs> yeah. colder. Colder, right. colder. You know, until you find this thing that stinks. <laughs> and there it is. It's the earth having morning breath. Yep. You're like, brush your teeth, earth. Yeah. Uh, we, we got no time for floss. We're, we're earth. <laughs> Um, so, uh, in the remote back country of Yosemite National Park, or Yosemite, however you <laughs> first read it, Yosemite, uh, uh, aircraft are audible 70% of the time, raising ambient noise levels by about five decibels. Um, and that's enough to reduce the distance at which prey species can hear a predator approaching by 45%. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so, like our interaction, yeah, as humans are right. are like really impacting the the natural world, right? So in these plane, ways that we never see. <laughs> that's fascinating. So a plane going over Yosemite National Park, you said forty five percent. So if let's take a an, an animal that's normally prey, mm-hmm. and they can recognize a predator in a normal environment mm-hmm. at a hundred yards. Yep. But now, if there's a plane going overhead, it masks it enough so that predator can get up to right. Raises noise levels by five decibels, yep. and that um, reduces the hearing by right. 
45%. Right. So that predator can get about 55 yards before the animal can hear it. Yep. Right. Almost half. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I would, you'd never think that a plane flying overhead could change the way that a predator prey relationship happens in the backwoods of Yosemite National Park. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. So, um, sound is, is kind of, um, uh, having to make this shift as well. Yeah. No, we don't even think like, I mean, um, until you read that or somebody studies it, Mm -hmm. you don't even think about it. Right. Right. Because we're like, I could be out in the middle of nowhere in the, in the, you know, mountains and think that I'm away. Mm -hmm. Right. I've gotten myself away, but not, not even close. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, in my mind, like I, this, like if, you know, before planes existed, obviously like thunderstorms existed or like Mm -hmm. high winds which also create uh have a decibel impact yeah that's when the predators really get and that's when the yeah it's windy right it's time to go get dinner yeah like they can't hear me coming so (laughs) here we go you wait for the next thunder strike yeah Yeah. (laughs) thunder yeah lightning bolt which is thunder also yeah both lightning and thunder but it's the same thing yeah interesting so, um, yeah, that's why every story starts with it was a dark and stormy evening. Yeah. Bad things happen. That's if you're the when, prey. Yeah, that's when right. the predators are out. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. All has to do with decibels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, sound is designed to be swiftly processed by the brain. Um, sound waves travel through the air and collide with our eardrums, which, this is a funny way to describe it, wiggle back and forth in response to volume and amplitude. Yeah. Never really like thought of my eardrum wiggling, but yeah. um, maybe that's because I think of it as like a drum. Right. Like, yeah. It's like reverberating, which I guess is wiggling. Kind of a wiggle. It's wiggling. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then nerve cells pick up these perturb- perturb- <laughs> perturbations. I don't know. All right. And send signals to our auditory cortex. Yeah. The brainstem and the cerebellum. Which together process fear, arousal, and emotion. Wow! So, and it is—I mean, it happens simultaneously. Certain sounds just are scarier than others, right? You know, Mm -hmm. like some things sound soothing for no particular reason, other than it's probably you know hardwired into our human being, you know, auditory systems, right? And some things sound terrifying. You know, you can just think about different kinds of sounds like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even for example, like, um, let's see, uh, the study of 2,000 men over age 40, environmental noise above 50 decibels was associated with a 20% increase in hypertension. Really? Uh, in another study of 4,800 adults over age 45, every 10 decibel increase in nighttime noise was linked to a 14% rise in hypertension. Yeah. So it's maybe not even like the scary sounds it's just like the stressful ongoing mm-hmm. noise that yeah. exists yeah that uh doesn't let us well for every five decibel increase in noise um reading scores for kids dropped the equivalent of a two-month delay so that kids were almost a year behind in neighborhoods that were 20 decibels louder wow um which makes you think of that phrase, you can't hear yourself think. Yeah. Because you can't think. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's yeah. too loud. <laughs> yeah. And you fall behind in your right. test scores. <laughs> yeah. 
um, Muir Woods in California. John Muir, the writer, poet, yeah, philosopher, whatever you would like to call him, um, now has a quiet zone, which, which has helped to... Um, um, no phones, soft voices, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Has helped reduce the background noise there by three decibels, mm-hmm. which is enough to double the listening area. Like, uh, wow! If you're there just to yep. hear what's going on, yeah, yeah. Um, human caused noise makes parks look worse, not just sound worse. This is kind of like the uh, Windex version of yeah. of sound. Yeah. Um, you know, visitors hearing a loud vehicle um, at a park, they would rate the park 38% less scenic no way. than those who don't hear it. And it's just about what they can hear. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, well, yeah, I smell, uh, you know, I instead of smelling the, the Windex, you smell the mm-hmm. whatever roast that was in the oven last night or something. Yeah, and yeah. This is kind of the sound version of that right I right guess. <laughs> yeah it's dirty right it's, yeah it's, it's, yeah it sounds dirty it sounds, dirty. sounds like yeah. yeah it sounds like you got a you know a vw bug from 1970 over there yeah, yeah. like ruining my bird watching right right <laughs> wow yeah um let's see what else about oh um bbc radio broadcasts a daily 90 second spot of bird song mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, uh, British petroleum gas stations recently began playing birdsong in the bathrooms. Hmm. Um, the aim was again to create a mental connection with freshness. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't smell how rank this bathroom is because of these bird sounds yeah. drowning out my smell. Yeah, my my brain is too focused on this uh, this cardinal or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind of bird is that? Hmm. I don't smell the toilet right now. That's great. Um. Yeah, our brains are uh, surprisingly similar to the parts of birds' brains that hear, process, and make language. Yeah. Um, here's a, just I want to read some of these bird names because it's fun. The brown thrasher can sing 2,000 songs. The cowbird has 40 different notes. 40. Really? Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> a horny chaffinch might sing half a million times in a season. Wow. And the Australian lyrebird is the world's best mimic. Oh, cool. Um, imitate chainsaws, car alarms. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the click of a bird. camera shutter. <laughs> <laughs> a bird just sitting there on a, on a tree branch. Ding, ding. Like, <laughs> nice chainsaw, buddy. <laughs> Listen to what I got. <laughs> watch your toe. Watch your toe. <laughs> uh the melodic hermit thrush most often sings on a mathematical substrate that follows harmonic intervals in recognizable pitches. Wow. So a genius uh, bird. Yeah. Yeah. So human humans and birds uh, co-evolved these language centers, both using the same ancient neural hardware. Um, specifically, this area called the... Arcopalladium, uh, no, no, Arcopalladium in yeah. birds and the basal ganglia in humans. So those are brain parts you're talking about? Mm-hmm. That regulate emotion. Oh, really? Yeah. So wait, wait, wait. The part of your brain 
that regulates emotion is also connected to sound and song and auditory stuff. Right, is where like language and yeah, language and um, communication centers. Yeah. Okay. Um, Right, music triggers emotions and yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, like it's a huge connective thing. I mean, you you know, for for me as a as a student of music, and then you know somebody who is has taught some music here and there, right? And trying to just in general be an advocate of it. You always, you always see that classic story of like, you tell somebody like, think about a movie scene, right? And it's either scary or it's, you know, sad or it's really joyful mm-hmm. or it's, you know, tragic or whatever, you know, might be happening. And then imagine it with no music, right? You'd be like, oh, that would just be silly. You know? Right. And yeah. it's the music that, that sort of amplifies that, Whatever the emotion might be, it could be mm-hmm. any any you know emotional state or or any state of being really. But but the the music is what sort of allows us to mm-hmm. connect more deeply, right? Yeah. Uh, just I mean, just thinking about like because what's fresh in my mind is is watching Lila's play this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's it, um, just seeing seeing her up on stage. Obviously, as dad, right? Okay, yeah, that's an emotional thing, but. You know, the music plays a huge role in that, you know? Right. So when you add somebody singing a part of a story, and that part of the story happens to be sad, right? Mm-hmm. And they're also sort of acting it out physically. It's like this trifecta of, you know, the, the story itself and, the, and, and sort of the visual of the person and then also the auditory, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a full experience, which is why those – which is why anything like that people – People love watching other humans do these mm-hmm. do stories, whether it's on TV or movie or, or you know, in, in real life acting drama. It's, you know, yeah. because it is such a full experience. Yep. Yeah. Unless there's a smell that takes you away from the experience. <laughs> that was the one thing I was thinking, like, oh, man, it, you know, when they were, uh, when Elsa had turned everything to ice. Yeah, yeah. Right. It didn't smell like winter. No. Was, you know, yeah. it was like we had to imagine that for ourselves. Right, right. Which is good for our imaginations. Yeah. Good for our brains. Right. But wouldn't it be cool if yeah. if theater could also create right create which well, maybe it does it does so I, I experienced that <laughs> oh really yes and and Giosman was present in it oh yeah so when we were um, in Florida I told you we were there and we went to uh, Epcot they have a the ride has been there for a little while it's called Soren okay and it's um it's essentially you know it's a it's a almost like a three D it's not three D glasses but it's it's this big wraparound screen in front of you. And you sit in these, you know, chairs that move, essentially. They lift them up, you know. And so the idea is, like, you're flying around the, the whole planet. Yeah. And you're flying through different things. Um, okay. And, uh, and so there's motion, you know, and they put they actually blow wind and breeze around inside. Yeah. And then the thing that was really kind of surprising <clears throat> is that they actually added scent to it. Okay. So, like... There's one part where you're you're going over the desert and there's elephants down there and you you know you like fly down low close to them and the one like spits out a whole bunch of dust from its from its trunk okay. and then they pump I'm pretty sure it's Giosman because it reminded me of exactly the same thing from my beer sensory stuff yeah and you smell it smells like dust in the room you wow know? It smells like dirt and dust and then you go to um, I think they take you to the Taj Mahal on this ride. And as you're going through, yeah. you know, flying over the Taj Mahal, there's just be- these beautiful, like, herbal aromas that they pump in, you know. So it just uh-huh. smells like, you know, spice. And so it's like, it's just so, and it's all encompassing because right. it's motion and it's, you know, it's vision. And of course, they're playing music as you're flying around. And then they pump right. the scent right in there, too. It's amazing. Yeah. Actually, now that you say it, I, 
I think I did go on a. Uh, there's a another Disney ride. I think. Well, it used to be like something about uh, monster invasion, but then they turned it into Lilo and Stitch. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And Stitch like breaks out of I don't know. I don't know if he's in prison or he's like running around. He like breathes on you. Yeah. And it smells like what he just ate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'm. Yeah, they're doing that. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, just like yeah. It, it, you know, engaging all the senses in these experiences. Yeah, yeah, which makes sense. I mean, if you're yeah looking to have a full experience. Yeah. Um. So I, again, there's more on the um that that uh, chapter is called Bird Brain. Yeah, nice. Which is kind of cool. Nice. So um, now it's like actually a good thing to be called a bird brain. Some people say it's bad, but now yeah, it's like yeah, but I but now I can sing four thousand notes. Yeah. Right, <laughs> or I remember two thousand songs, or whatever. Like, yeah, whatever. I don't know two thousand songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I mean, I've heard two thousand songs, but I can't yeah, remember right. to, to perform two thousand songs. Yeah. Um. So moving to sight, which kind of seems like obvious, I guess you know, because um, anyone who has the ability to see can see the <laughs> can see the world around them. Um, but the, she talks about a few other different things so um you know some people who are like surgery patients right some were assigned to rooms this was in a study uh rooms with a window view of trees Mm -hmm. um and some who looked down on a brick wall Mm -hmm. right um and patients with the green views needed fewer post-operative days in the hospital they were all having the same kind of surgery i don't know what the other parameters of the research were hopefully good so that it was an accurate study but um uh and they were requested less pain medication described in nurses notes as having better attitudes mm-hmm. all from like having a room with a view yeah right yeah not of a brick wall <laughs> yeah um so nature views support other things not just patients in hospital but workers right worker productivity Less job stress, um, higher grades academically for for students, mm-hmm. less aggression mm-hmm. in um, in most instance, instances. Um, so it's kind of like accidental nature. It's like it's kind of just there, yeah. sort of happening yeah. around you, um, but having a having an impact. Right. Um, then there's this cool section. In this chapter about uh, fractals, which yes, you've talked about. Yes, you've talked well, about. Well, I fractals, think it was this right? book actually that oh, I've heard it? about before. Yeah, so yeah, I'm excited to hear what you okay. have to say about fractals. That's yeah, cool. Um, I just it, got very nerdily excited there. <laughs> right, it's kind of these patterns that repeat at different scales. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so if you're thinking like, um, well, trees and plants, you know, yeah. uh, branched. Yeah, kind of leaves. Yeah, it's you know? it's a repeating it's a repeating series of a similar branching. Yeah, you know, right, the, right. That the main trunk branches off into sub trunks, and the sub trunks mm-hmm. branch off into little smaller branches. And yep. the smaller branches branch off into the twigs, and the yep. twigs to the leaves, and the leaves have their own branches inside yep. them. And yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. This, yeah. Um, so this uh, this guy, where is his name? Um, I'll, I don't know if I'll find it. Eugene. Eugene, That's Eugene, yeah. <laughs> um, was using uh, this uh, bio inspiration to design a better solar panel. Kind of yeah. saying like, if nature's solar panels, right, trees and plants yeah, right. are branched, yeah, why not 
manufacture solar panels right. in a similar way. Because I mean, that's what a, that's what trees' leaves are. Right, are solar panels. Right. Yeah. I mean, they they're just they're designed in many ways. I have other functions too, but one mm-hmm. of the biggest things is to soak up sunlight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So uh, fr- these fractal patterns um, are often found in nature's roughness, like clouds, coastlines, plant leaves, hmm. ocean waves, mm-hmm. the rise and the fall of the Nile River, yeah, um, and in the clustering of galaxies. Yeah, um, I love galaxies. But to uh, you know, to understand fractal pat- fractal patterns at different scales, picture a trunk of a tree and a branch which we already did kind of um mm-hmm. you know they might contain the same angles as that same branch and a smaller branch um as well as the converging veins of the leaf on that branch and so on you can have fractals within chaos um or you can have fractals creating what looks like chaos mm-hmm. which is kind of uh, the interesting part um but fractals also engage the uh parahippocampus Nice. Which is more brain parts. We're gonna know like the whole, all the brain parts. I hope so. Yeah, we're done listening to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I know all the the hand parts, right? Thumb, <laughs> nail, <laughs> finger, thumbnail, <laughs> knuckle. <laughs> right. Got them all. All right. Where's your brain's knuckle? <laughs> um, uh, and the parahippocampus is involved with regulating emotions. Um, highly involved while listening to music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, maybe uh, a few things sort of happening in uh, cohesion here. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a cool finding where we're delighted to find that um, fractals are similar to music. Um, Looking at an ocean might have a similar effect on us emotionally as listening to Brahms or Bach or whatever it may be. our brains recognize a kinship to the natural world, uh, and they do it fast. Um, it's and it's through through all three of these senses it it happens fast, right? I mean, it's like mm-hmm. instantaneous. We hear something, and almost immediately we feel something. Yeah. Whether it's good or bad is kind of right. That leads you down a deeper set of emotions. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, our visual system is in some way like hardwired to understand these fractal patterns, right? They just kind of like make sense to us in a sort of, um, just, uh, how we're made up, how we're, how we've been created is kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so stress reduction, it kind of, like when noticing them, right? When truly seeing, like I can, I can see a tree out one of these little windows right now, and I can see the larger trunks and their you know, branches branching off, and then, um, well, this time of year, maybe little leaf sprouts, flower sprouts, about to, right, to get out there, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of pleasing mm-hmm. to me just yeah. to see that pattern, to see that there's some kind of design, that there's, um, there's something to kind of make sense of it all um but there's also a you know the uh stress reduction that we can also find in in this is uh triggered by a, f- a physiological resonance mm-hmm. that occurs when the frac- fractal structure of the eye matches that of the fractal image being viewed 
So oh. there's a there's a resonance there. The f- fractal structure of the eye. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I th- I think there's more that I kind of mm-hmm. uh gl- you know didn't quite mention. No, that's fine. Here, but um yeah. Fractal eye structures cool. exist. Very cool. And that helps us to be uh resonant with the world around us. Yeah. Um so kind of in uh in closing out this um nature images even on a screen can elicit fast positive responses in our brains. Mm-hmm. Um, but real nature is what the visual system was built to look at. Right. Right. Yeah. A room with a view is better than a room with a picture mm-hmm. of a view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe we should let those looks linger, she says. Um, and then uh, thinking about um, studies in three different places in the world, Ohio, Singapore, and Australia. Yeah. The real difference between those with myopia, uh, like nearsightedness, mm-hmm. um, and those without is the number of hours they spend outside. Really? Um, sunlight stimulating, yeah. uh, release of dopamine from the retina, yeah. which in turn appears to prevent the eyeball from growing too oblong. Right. Um, indoor and outdoor light are totally different. Even on overcast days, outdoor light is 10 times brighter and covers vastly more of the light spectrum. So it's not just the smell of a cypress or the sound of the birds or the color green that unlocks the pathway to health in our brains. We're full sensory beings, or at least we were once built to be. Oh, yeah. Isn't it possible that it's only when you open all the doors, literally and figuratively, that the real magic happens? You need to uh, uh, few, fewer moments on the screen than in nature, and if you need to be exact, about five hours a month. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. what she says. Yeah. So those are awesome. the senses that she looked into in uh, part. What was that part two of this book? Yeah, yeah. I think so. It's it's your part two of the series. Part two. Yeah. yeah. You did intro and then part yep. one, and now we got this one. So. Bird brains and. Yeah, fractals and I love it. Um, All good nerdy stuff. Geosmin, yeah. yeah, beautiful. You encompass everything there. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, thank you, uh, Jay, for that presentation. We are going to take a short break here on Music of the Spheres podcast. We'll be back to wrap it up right after this. Stick with us. Welcome back to the Music of the Spheres podcast. This is the final segment of episode 20, and we just heard from Jason on another installment of his work on the Nature Fix book, taking us through some of those interesting uh, ideas that are being put forth in that book. It's uh, it's really fascinating. And I think it, it began, the book began with the idea of 
you know, the, just sort of all of the challenges that we're facing as a society and culture right now, mm-hmm. you know, and and how there's a hypothesis, I guess, that, that a good portion of it might actually be linked or related to sort of our evolution as a, as a, you know, sort of a society away from our rootedness in nature mm-hmm. and how, you know, it's caused a lot of challenges that we weren't ready to uh, deal with. I guess we weren't up to speed yeah. because the speed of which everything else is progressing is faster than, you know, our own adaptation to a new sort of uh, technological existence. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's like, you know, all of those sci-fi movies as you, you know, if you were to bump into a species that's, you know, um, more well advanced or something like that and, and <laughs> they're not in nature anymore they're just existing but they've yeah. had time to adapt right we don't we haven't had that time you know yeah. we're still we're still like nature beings in a world that's less natural all the time right i guess is kind of the main thrust of it yeah um so i thought it was cool that you got into um the senses today and uh you know sort of talking about um the the three that you touched on today and um I one of the things the first thought that I had as you were talking about scent and and sort of the just all of the different healing properties of these essential oils mm-hmm. right that yeah. are given off by actual plants and it's so funny we we have like you know we buy the little vials of essential oils at the store and we use them in our our houses you know uh-huh. or they're mixed into you know, cleaning compounds that we use or whatever like that. But right. they're actually also right outside, <laughs> you know, they're yeah. like right out there. Um, and I, I remember having a conversation recently with someone and they were talking about how they like to have, they like to have plants in their house, mm-hmm. right? Because it, they clean the air. And this is something that's like, when they said it, it like hit me as, you know, like it was a new thing, mm-hmm. but I, I, think i've known that for a long time you know i've known that trees right that they take in different kinds of pollutants and they give off yeah you know and they actually clean the air and i you know i i always i never associated that with house plants for whatever reason and i and mm. you know maybe maybe people are listening to me thinking you moron how could you <laughs> not have thought that right but i've always just thought like house plants oh it's nice to have it there right. like a decoration Right? Yeah. Like it looks good, you know, or it gives me something to, you know, putter with in the house. You know, I take care of this plant, just like some people have pets. So some people do both have pets and plants, but yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. maybe some, you don't want some pets eat the plants yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or hide things in them, yeah. <laughs> in the dirt yeah. of the plant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, hide things. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun way to say poop <laughs> in the dirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You don't want to be smelling that. That's not a good. No, one. yeah, That's yeah, that, that'll come from both nostrils. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I've never thought of the houseplant thing as like you know it actually f- refreshes the air in your home. Yeah, but I'm sure it does, right? If, especially if you you know choose wisely with mm-hmm. the, the plants that you choose to bring into your space, and I'm sure they do different things in different ways, just like. You know, different essential oils work different ways. Right. Or people will say different kinds of crystals function energetically in a different way, mm-hmm. right? Same thing with plants and, and how they can actually, 
not just improve your space because they're nice to have around. Oh, it's a nice little piece of nature here in my city apartment or whatever. But it's actually doing a real physical job of making the air you breathe yeah. better for you. Not just better, like, you know, physically, like, navage, <laughs> cleaning your <laughs> sinuses out or whatever. <laughs> but, like, but, like, better because those oils that you're breathing, the essential oils that they're giving off into the atmosphere are actually... You know, they're improving your mood or they're allowing you to think more clearly or to yeah. be in a better you know state emotionally and, and sort of cognitively, all of it, you know? I, and so hmm. that it reminded me of that conversation that I had so recently. Yeah. Somebody said that. It makes sense. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider you to be a fool for not thinking that. Well, thanks. Because like, I mean, it's, yeah, they don't, well, they don't seem like big enough really Unless you have right. like a large, some sort of, I don't know, some sort of ficus or something. I don't know. What's what's a large houseplant? I don't know. You're um, talking to the wrong guy. <laughs> but they don't seem like big enough to like be doing all that much. But yeah. um, if they're working the way they've been you know, like created to work, then obviously they're going to be doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. So, you know, it's an interesting thing to think about, you know, putting some, putting some plants in your living space and see, yeah. see how it... How it actually changes things for you. Yeah. You know, be an interesting thing to try out. Kind of makes me think, I think we've only got, right now we've got a cactus uh -huh. <laughs> going. I think that's all we've got right now. Right, right. Huh. Um, yeah. That's just storing up water for when you're thirsty. Something like that. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Although um, the cat won't poop in a, in a cactus too sharp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> too dangerous. It's defense against the cat poop. <laughs> uh, and I like when you brought up the... Um, the idea, and you were right. The the idea of the animistic shamanism, right, where mm. every every object has a has a spirit, right, attached mm -hmm. to it. Um, you know, and and at first, that's one of those ideas that you know, um, people from monotheistic traditions will scoff at a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. That uh, you know that it's that all this stuff doesn't have different spirits in it, you know, like. Um, it always reminds me of that one, that one Garfield episode with the '57 Chevy, where it's got like a, <laughs> it's like it's a spirit in it, and they got to drive the what '57 Chevy into a volcano. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, this is very uh, niche. Yeah, you got to look don't it know. up. I don't even know how you would look it up. <laughs> Garfield he 57 drives into Chevy. a volcano. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's in Hawaii or something like that, and he runs into I don't know. It's just like thing gets possessed, and they got to give the spirit of the car back to the mountain, right? To, okay. to appease the... It's essentially one of those, like, sacrificial stories. Right? Okay. So you got to appease the volcano. Sure. And what the volcano wants is a 57 Chevy <laughs> for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> I'm maybe getting it totally wrong. Wow. But, but it, I always think of that when I think of animistic shamanism, the idea of, you know, all things having spirits to them. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, some listeners we have would be like, yeah, totally, definitely. I, you know, everything's got a, an essential spirit right. to it. Um, but other listeners may be like, no, that's a little bit out there, a little bit wacky. But what I, what I think is a middle ground is that everything has an energy right. to it, right? Everything, everything is energetic anyway. If yeah. you look at it from a purely like physics standpoint, mm -hmm. you know, everything is, even things that are, you know, static sitting there doing nothing, right. Are still energy. They're still made up of, of atoms and molecules that are energetic, mm -hmm. right. And they have some it looks very passive to us, but there is an energetic, you know, s substance to it. Right. 
So if that's the case, everything does have an energy. And I mean, you've talked about it before, like, um, you know, like with an instrument, an instrument has a particular energy about it. You know, I'm looking over at my, it's in a case, but it's my electric bass that I play, you know, and I've had that since I think like 1996 or 97, something like that. So I've had it a long time, you know, it's getting, it's getting close to 30 years. I've had that instrument, you know. I've played a lot of different songs with it, a lot of different kinds of music with uh-huh. it, you know. And so it's got an energy to right, it, right. right? It's like, yeah, it's got its own kind of. And part of the energy is the interaction. I mean, right? You think about like a mountain that has an energy, but then like the energy is almost enhanced or like comes to life through the, you know, people hiking on it or. Right. Right. Or the views that right. that it offers. Yeah, right? yeah. Or that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Cause then it's like, yeah, then it becomes not just you know, not just one system with its own energetic cycle. Right. Now it's energies interacting. Yeah. You know. Which is what makes music so fun, right? Mm-hmm. With other people is is sort of I can play my I can sit down here in a studio and play my bass all by myself. Right. And it well, it's fun. Right. There's something totally different than playing with another person. Right. And that's really fun. But it's there's something totally different of playing with another person for an audience. Right. And they're interacting in their own way. I mean, that's just energetic exchange. And I think that that's what that's maybe what was being driven at in the book was this idea is that when you encounter something like a mountain or mm-hmm. a forest, you know, or a, or a, just even just an individual tree or any other sort of geographical feature, you know, and you. You breathe it in, right? Mm-hmm. With um, you know your scent, you're actually inhaling it. You're, there's an energetic exchange there, yeah. right? That's probably that's the you know the, the one of the greatest ways that our body engages energetically with the natural world. Yeah, it's the thing we do all the time. We don't eat all the time, you know. We don't mm-hmm. drink liquids all the time, but we do breathe all the time, and you really can't go very long without it. You know, (laughs) so it's like, so to to actually breathe in, you know, the energetic essence, Mm -hmm. one might say spirit of a mountain or a forest or a river, right? That those things are actually, you know, it's actually an energetic exchange happening between two entities, Yeah, you know, which, which really is, you know, that could be measurable, you know, when it sounds like from some of the studies that they've done, they've, they've found, you know, some measurability in some of this stuff. Right. You know that you can you can actually look at it and say, yeah, that's true and real, and we can show how it has happened. Mm-hmm. You know, like to have the the healing parks that you talked about. You know, where people will go in and they actually come out in a in a better physical state from yeah. having spent this time. Yep. You know, um, yeah, I thought that was really cool, um, and I thought that was really interesting when they got into uh, did he say seventeenth century, eighteenth century Korean history. Where they began to develop an idea of like work ethic, right? Yeah, and it was I think some it was sort earlier of quote, than that. Yeah, maybe it was earlier than that. It was yeah. just some sort of a quote that was designed? They said that the developing that philosophical, you know, right. um, lens for society was designed to build up the nation, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Because obviously, 
if you can get your whole nation of people on the same page about like undying work ethic, yep. right? You're going to have a better gross domestic output, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And you're going to be a stronger nation and you're going to be more economically strong because you're producing more stuff or more, yeah. you know, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So, so this idea of a work ethic, right, is, is something that we do when we're trying to, to, to make a nation, you know, sort of strong in, mm-hmm in, I guess, you know, political terms, right? Right. But is that really the best thing for the individual? Yeah. That's a part of that, mm-hmm. right? And that's an interesting thing because you could argue one way and say, well, yeah, a stronger nation, stronger person, right? Mm-hmm. Or you could say stronger person, stronger nation, right? So what is that about? And it sounds like some cultures are actually butting up against this, mm-hmm. you know, just because of like you talked about Japan and how they were just forced into this because there's so many people in such a small space. Yeah. And Japan is limited because they're surrounded by oceans everywhere. So it's not like they can, you Mm -hmm. know, move out to the country because it's ocean over there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So they have to deal with it. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you have to deal with it, then it becomes something that everybody works on. You know, until then you can just say, no, 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 that's fine. You know, Mm -hmm. whatever, just keep working harder, work ethic, go. Right. You know, Um, and it's actually been a subject that's been on my mind a lot recently because I've been, um, and it's just a lot of this, a lot of this is through practices with yoga, uh, mm-hmm. but it's also through, you know, sort of the way that um, the most recent scriptures uh, have been sort of falling on my ears and on my own experience Yeah, uh, as I go through the lectionary um, since, you know, since like January. Mm-hmm. Just the way that everything's kind of been sounding to me since we got through all the Christmas stuff, it's it's almost all all of it starts to feel to me like it's pushing towards self care, like for the individual. Yeah, and you know, in your work, even even with your you know your studies that you're still doing, you, you know how important that is for a person to be engaged in some aspect of self care. Right, right, and this sounds like this is leading towards that Mm -hmm. right this this whole idea is like let's let's be a let's be a more whole uh society by having more whole individuals Mm -hmm. and how do we help more individuals become whole is like all right well go and be by a tree for a little while (laughs) you know all and and like those are things that can actually make a difference in your own being right and um so rather than it sounds like maybe there's a maybe there's a turn you know, that maybe mm-hmm. we've already begun. Right. Um, and we see it in our, we see it in our society too. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of mental health awareness is becoming much more prominent. Yeah. You know, um, and less stigmatized. Mm-hmm. Right. And the idea of wellness, self-care is yeah. becoming more standardized, you know, across everything. Yeah. And that kind of stuff like shifts um, with the generations as mm-hmm. they come and go. Right. I mean. Uh, you have a a great depression generation that had to just work hard just to save whatever they could to make it by and um the like Lila's generation they will be uh very much into like self care and mm-hmm. mental health like it's not a right. it's just a normal part of right the conversation so right right that'll 
it'll be more of a priority as they become professionals, right? Yeah. And that'll be a huge shift in, I think, how we sort of like think of work-life balance. And yeah, um, they'll kind of be the first generation that really sort of uh, does that. I think yeah. Yeah. well. Yeah, uh, I hope I hope so. Yeah, you know, because it's like, you know, I'm I'm somewhere in the neighborhood of halfway through normal life depending i don't know how long i'm gonna live but i can't say i'm halfway i right. don't know but yeah. you know by life expectancy i'm about halfway through right and i'm just now coming to this mm-hmm. you know as and i've heard it before it's not like it's a new idea it's just it's the first time not right. first time but like you know the first season of my life where i'm really making a point to yeah. engage it you know in a way that i wouldn't have before even though it was there like swirling right. around cognitively i heard it and i can understand it but i'd doesn't have any real meaning. Right. right. Or would, I mean, would society even accept it? Right. right. I right. mean, that seems like yeah. both Japan and Korea kind of had a reach of some sort of, you know, overflow of like negative impacts for right. these new initiatives to really kind of right. take off and take hold. So, yeah, it was a tipping point. You unfortunately, know. yeah, mm-hmm. tipping points are often necessary. Right. Right. Yeah. Which That's is too all. Bad whole uh whole episode on yeah. on its own i think <laughs> yeah i think so um what, the other, last thing on on um scent there is you mentioned that you know it's the sense that's most connected to the brain right it's just like you inhale a, a scent and it goes you know straight in mm-hmm. doesn't have to cross the blood brain barrier because there's a there's a connection that's you know hardwired mm-hmm. or or, or sh- it's a shortcut connection right into yeah you know, brain. I don't remember exactly the brain bit you talked about. But <laughs> that's you know, that's okay. So we can look it up. Um, but it, you know, it also obviously it's the it's the scent um, or the the sense. Scent is the sense that is driven and controlled and connected to breathing. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, breathing was um, in a in a past episode that you did, um, where you were talking about. Um, Sort of the uh, sort of the natural responses of the the autonomic responses. Oh, yeah. I remember that episode, right? You yeah, did autonomic yeah. responses, yep. and you sort of began to talk to me like, "What's the, you know, what's the one response that's autonomic, but that you can also control, mm-hmm. right? Immediately and directly. Hack it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, for hacking your autonomic system. Yeah, yeah. and it's breathing, right? Right. You can't can't control as easily the other ones. You can control your heart rate passively, you know, mm-hmm. but usually you do that. By controlling your breath, right, right, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. or other activity uh-huh. in your body, yeah. you can slow your heart rate down, or you can speed it up. But usually, a lot of those things are connected to controlling breath first, right? There's other things you can kind of control a little bit, right? You know, but you often can't control, like you know, if you're if you're sweating, you know, or if you're mm-hmm. some people would love that. <laughs> you control, it's like, oh right, man, right, yeah, just turn off the sweat right now. That's please. the dream. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, sometimes you can't control that stuff, right? So. Yeah. Um, uh, but the breathing is the one that you can, and and it's the and it's it's perhaps one of the deepest connectedness senses to our environment around us, right? Mm-hmm. That we're actually physically taking the natural world into us and then breathing it back out again, yeah, constantly, right? You know, um, and so it's almost like it's no wonder that it's the one that's most connected to our brain too, mm-hmm. right? Because it's the one that, for some reason, seems to be the most important, yeah. It's so important in in so many different things, mm-hmm. um, and we forget it because it's something we do all the time. 
but it's i mean I, there hasn't been a you know a meditative or or postural yoga practice that i've done that d- doesn't involve breathing okay right at some point or another yeah. right um and then if you look at at scripture you know w- one of the first things to happen in the creation story is is the spirit you know for sort of breathing over the waters and and creating the world as we know or beginning that process mm-hmm. right and that's in scripture and it's in multiple scriptures this this idea of of a breath or a spirit you know sort of either hovering or or moving in some way right and talks about scripture our scripture talks about the breath of life you mm-hmm. know that that god gives us this breath of life and yeah so it's just so it's so deeply connected to all things Mm-hmm. living you know we often will say well something isn't living if it's not breathing right the breath is what gives us the signs of life yeah you know? right it's, like, it's just so connected it's just such a deeper thing so it makes sense that you know that it would be so connected to sure. the way that our brains function and how we connect to the world around us so yeah. i just that was just a connection that i saw um and i i, I really like the one on sound i mean oh, yeah. I, it, I just didn't think I, I don't know. Those are things that I guess if you spend a few minutes thinking about it, you right. know, it's, it all starts to make sense. But yeah. the whole thing about like, you know, noise pollution, right? We talk about it and you all always the first thing you think about when you think noise pollution, you think about it just a busy city street, mm-hmm. you know, lots of horns beeping and you right. know, sirens going off and a helicopter. Or something. You think about like urban. Yeah. Right. Yep. You don't necessarily think about something like, yeah, you can go out in the woods and hike, you know, 40 miles away from any road and still, you know, a 747 can fly over your head, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. or or a fighter jet, you know. It's like I was up in the Adirondacks this summer and they must have been doing some trainings. Uh, oh, yeah. And the, the, these fighter jets fly around and mm-hmm. they are so loud. It's an, it's an, and you could feel them like oh, yeah, physically yeah. vibrating uh-huh. the, the you know the whole ground right you know and so here you are like people are like paddling a canoe and it's like uh-huh. you know over your head it's just crazy you know? yeah romania we had the same thing like these yeah yellow jet they're like yellow and yeah they're like these bright jets like yeah. flying really close to the mountain doing tests and yeah yeah maneuvers yeah. and stuff right right yeah yeah and and so you know so you don't necessarily think of noise pollution as that right mm-hmm. but it's really true and then you can hear how it can actually mess with the way that predator prey relationships work right that was the that was the big thing yeah really interesting Mm -hmm. yeah um and so i thought that was uh yeah i thought that was really interesting and and so it got me to this idea of thinking about you know times where you do experience silence you know and we talked about the you know, I like to have the radio on baseball, listen to baseball right. games. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and how a lot of people really just like to have background noise for stuff. Yeah. You know, you turn on something. And it's uh-huh. like, I do the same thing. I sit down to, you know, to work in my church office or whatever, and I'll turn on Spotify and I just try to find music that's like, you know, mellow background stuff, right. you know. But even if I didn't have that, there's going to be other background noises going on around me. The, the heating system running, you know, or... Uh-huh. There's a road by the church. It's not super busy, but cars go by and you hear yeah. those. Or planes flying overhead. You can hear them from in the office and stuff. It's, and so you try to think about, what is, do I ever actually hear silence? Mm-hmm. You know, and then I and I wondered on this, like, is there actually something that I could be hearing in a silence setting? 
Mm -hmm. right? So if, if you take out all the other sounds, even now, even like, you know, nature sounds like yeah. birds and wind and trees, are there, is there something else that even that is masking? And it reminded me of this idea, and this was something that I heard in a conversation recently too. Somebody was talking about, what were they talking about? They were talking about some sort of a instrument. Um, oh, uh, yeah, there's going to be some sort of a sound, you know, healing event at the yoga studio coming up soon. Oh, cool. I think this is what it, the conversation was. And they have like, they were talking about gongs that, and there, this one set of gongs is um, the uh, ratios of the note, the frequency that the gong plays is set to mimic the frequencies of the planets in the solar system okay right and so this is something that was measured a long time ago somebody was able to measure the the actual frequency that the that the planetary body itself makes right oh and so you know like mercury has its own you know and Mm -hmm. venus has its own and earth has its own and so they they actually have their own sound that they emit you know just from the vibrational nature of that you think about it it's like it's a giant huge massive spinning thing you know even like a little rock thrown here makes a whooshing sound going through the air so some giant planet i know that there's no air in space but it's got to make some (laughs) kind of sound right Right, yeah especially if there were something some medium for it to resonate through it would definitely make a sound sure so it's got to be giving off some sort of sound right right and so i wonder if that's something that you know we could actually um here, maybe not in an audible way, but in mm-hmm. a in a sort of feeling with your being way. Yeah, you know, because we know that we can only hear a, a narrow spectrum of of audio signals, mm-hmm. right? But there's got to be other ways we interact with the parts on the ends of the spectrum that we can't hear, right? You know, yeah. And so, I wonder if there's a part of us because we're a part of the earth, we're connected mm-hmm. to it. If there's a part of us that knows what the resonance of Earth sounds like, yeah, and that's why sometimes silence is so pleasing, mm-hmm. you know, because it's it's something where it's like it's actually not silent. We're able to to hear the world, yeah, that we're a part of. Yeah. Yeah. So I just got thinking about that and remind me, and that's what the name of the this podcast is 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 based on that line from the hymn the music of the spheres the music of the spheres line in that hymn is referencing the um it's referencing that older understanding mm-hmm. of sort well, it's of not that. even older understanding but that that each planet has a sound yeah uh, has a resonance that's the music of the spheres right so, that was pretty cool i uh yeah i reading this part um the silence i've thought of that is uh, therapeutic, right? Is uh, they ask counselors to learn how to u- utilize silence oh, right. in the yeah. counseling room, which uh, I do not yet really do. Um, <laughs> which is a funny thing because, like, um, as a client, uh, I allow my therapist to use it. Like, he he'll just go silent. Mm-hmm. And it's the most quiet that I have in my week. Because just like you, like I've got a fan going at night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wake up, get Spotify going, get to the office, get Spotify going. There's always like something happening, yeah. you know. Yeah, in the car you got the radio on. Right, or, yeah. You know, you know the, playing Spotify again. The mm-hmm. cat's toy makes a noise, right. like this little humming noise. Um, mm-hmm. 
So like that's the only silence is that like therapeutic silence where he is giving me space mm-hmm. to kind of whatever. Yeah. Like what let whatever happen. Then then he says what was happening for you yeah, <laughs> is what yeah. he says uh-huh. and it's like well it's actually very helpful for me so it's like why don't i use this with yeah. the people that i'm starting to see it's because it makes me uncomfortable right and it's funny that it does because like what you're saying is true like we tend to think if there's silence when we're with another person especially when it's one-on-one that there's some kind of like failure mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. right there's like uh oh, we're not there's something not connecting or right um but really like maybe it's this beautiful thing where that other person has a lot going on in the silence yeah and just maybe needs that time to hear the the resonance of their mm-hmm. life interacting with mm-hmm. s- with silence <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so i don't know i got thinking about that when i was reading the, the yeah. noise chapter yeah it's really yeah it's really <laughs> interesting and um you know, I mean, I've heard of people doing silent retreats. I think the Kripalu Yoga Center has a silent breakfast, at least for part of it, maybe. Hmm. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I've read that, that, you know, you go for breakfast there, and it's at this part of the day, breakfast, is quiet. You just don't talk. You, hmm. you eat, and you might be in a room with 200 people, you know, and everybody's quiet, and all you hear is, you know, silverware or whatever. Hmm. And, and it's just, you know, it's just an interesting way of of being, because if we don't allow for silence, right? Then we don't allow for other things to develop. Yeah. You know, for other other senses and mm-hmm. and even forms of communication and being, you know. You don't allow them. I think we've all experienced those kinds of interactions too, you know, when you when you don't have to communicate verbally. Yeah. with someone, you know, where to, you can just look at someone and know something, right? Mm-hmm. There's a common knowing somebody that you're close to or whatever. I experience it all the time in music. You know, you're looking at somebody and you kind of just know they're trying to say, "Here's here comes this next section," or you know, we're coming up to the end of the song, or why don't you take a solo or something. You know, th- these different ways of communication that don't happen right. when we're not when we're cramming everything full of verbiage, which is a weird thing to say on a podcast because that's all we <laughs> that's all we have is a whole bunch of words. <laughs> And you know, a few, few few minutes of bumper music. Right? Yeah. That's, that's it. Well, the last ten minutes of this episode are just going to be silent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Maybe for the first ten minutes should be silent. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Yes. Uh, all right. So the last one you went into sight, um, and uh, I thought this was really cool when you when you talked about the the patients that were healing faster when they had a room with a view. Yeah. You know. And, right. Uh, it's another one of those things, and it's always on this podcast. It's always like these things that we don't think we don't think have a real expression. That they are just things that we sort of say as you know idioms in our in our culture yeah. or ideals that are just you know they're not based in any concrete anything. But oh, it's nice to have a room with a view, you know. But uh, a physical understanding of the world would say a patient if everything is the same and they have all the right medications and they're being watched over and cared for it shouldn't matter if what the window looks out at Mm -hmm. you know how could that heal them better right right um but this is showing that it's a real occurrence you know Mm -hmm. that being able to 
you know, and it's not like those trees are like beaming through the glass, some sort of a, you know, healing salve or something like that, you know, it's it's, it's something to do with a, with a connection, right? Mm -hmm. A human connection to its place as a human. Yeah. And it's groundedness, right? Is, Mm -hmm. is a, is a big thing to feel connected to your place. And so when you were talking about this, um, you know, I wrote down place matters, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the, um, you know, like in real estate, it's like location, 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 right? It's the big, the big thing, you know, it's like, it's all yeah, about right. the, the location and people want the location for a certain reason because it's next to certain things, right? But, mm-hmm. but, but it's true in, in, in more than just, you know, real estate or, you know, something economic like that. Place really does matter. You know, the way that my, the way that my room is set out, the way that my things are arranged or the, if I have plants or not, or if I, if, <laughs> right. you know, the kind of place that I can be in when I'm outside of my mm-hmm. house or my, my doors, you know, yeah. it's like that stuff really does matter and it really does make a difference. And sort of that idea of just, just looking out the window at a tree, having a positive effect on me is mm-hmm. a really neat idea. And it reminds me of why one of my favorite jobs I've ever had was what a lot of people would say is not a great job. I didn't make very much money. You know, it was right around minimum wage, I think. Um, I didn't make any, like, commission or anything like that. I was a uh, delivery driver for an auto parts company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? And um, and I happened to have one one portion of my time that I was employed there. I got to, to take, like, this northern route out of the city. Yeah. Where the you know, company was. A lot of times it was, like, you know, driving in the middle of the city to, like, you know, auto body parts or auto body shops and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, deep in cities and stuff like that, which is fine. But the things I really liked was driving around out in the country. Yeah. And I remember like driving through and looking at farmer's fields and, and watching like, you know, one week I go through and you can see the corn just sticking up, you know, like this. And the next week you go through and it's, you know, six inches tall. And the next week, you know, just sort of watching the corn grow, you know, and, Better than watching Look, the paint dry. Yeah, yeah, it's better. It's better than because you're outside. It's, yeah, it smells better too. <laughs> Corn smells better than paint. <laughs> and uh, so you, you know, you go through, and you know, I just I realize now that I mean, and I could have probably said this before, but it's just like, well, I'm out in nature, you know, I'm not. But I was inside a van, you know, it didn't smell great. It smelled like dusty, you know car park cardboard boxes right you know it's like it smelled like smelled like geosmin <laughs> but like not good geosmin yeah you know like yeah, with a little uh yeah. yeah motor oil on it. yeah yeah like it's like dust that has been on a container ship for yeah. six weeks you know it's like that's what it smelled like in my van but um but it was just this really pleasant you know just driving around and looking and, and who doesn't like on on one of those first spring days mm-hmm. you know to roll the window down and get that yeah, that smell of the earth waking up. You know, yeah. it's way better than morning breath when you smell it. It's like <laughs> so. Just you know, um, that helped me understand why I liked that so much. You yeah, because I would always tell people, well, I don't mind. You know, because people would you know scoff at taking this route because it was it was a lot of driving between stops. Because mm-hmm. obviously they're not as concentrated out in the country, the yeah. auto body shops, as they are in a city, right? So this was a lot more driving. So it was a longer route to drive. But I was like, mm-hmm. I don't mind. I'll take it. You know, yeah. give me those eight stops. I'm gone for the day. You know, I'm going to go through, drive through the farm fields and yeah. it's beautiful, <laughs> you know. And I always thought it was just because I'm out and about and I didn't have to be in a, you know, a warehouse or a city. But, but yeah, it, yeah, that's exactly why. Because I could look at 
you know, the na- the natural world. Yeah. You know, instead of looking at the inside of a warehouse or looking at a bunch of city streets, here I can look mm-hmm. at at you know cornfields and yeah. trees and hills and mountains and well, I loved it. Like John Denver said, "Thank God I'm a country boy." Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure that's that's what you were feeling. That's what I was feeling. I was channeling yeah. my inner John Denver. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, and then uh, I thought I, I so that all leaded leads to my um, kind of the the big thing that I took out of your section on site was you talked about um, the idea of uh, actual mirroring. You know, when we when we see something out there in the world. Mm-hmm. And we see these fractal patterns. You described the fractal pattern as mm-hmm. well. You know, when we see a fractal pattern, it actually mirrors our own fractal patterns. Yeah. Right. Our body has fractal patterns, like the oh, yeah. whole, the whole like arterial blood vein right, yeah, system. The, yep, right. Cardiovascular. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. The I'm cardiovascular pretty sure. System. Yeah. <laughs> the arterial blood vein system. <laughs> so, this is why I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't never get the uh, acronyms right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, something up with your arterial blood vein system there, buddy. <laughs> You're going to have to eat more French fries. <laughs> yeah. Bad doctor. So, uh, so yes, we have fractals, right? And But then you talked about it's more than just the cardiovascular system. Just your eye patterns are mm-hmm. fractals and, you know, probably more things about us are, are fractally designed. So there's this idea of looking out at the world and seeing not – I mean, it's not a, an exact reflection of ourselves, mm-hmm. but it's a reflection in the – some sort of essence of our creation, right? Yeah. Some, some sort of – some sort of connective tissue between me and a tree is the fractally way that we're put together. <laughs> fractally is not a word, but <laughs> now it is. Now it is. Yes. If it's yeah. said on a podcast, it must be true. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So the, it's this like, it's almost like looking out at yourself, right. And mm-hmm. realizing, Hey, I'm not alone. Yeah. I'm connected. I have a home. I have a space. And I'm part of this, like I'm part of it, right? And isn't that such a big thing is this this feeling of of belonging? Yeah. And feeling like welcomed and feeling home, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we talk about that in like communities and in groups all the time, Yeah. right? I'm going through, a, we're doing a new member class at church where people are joining and the, and the, the name of the resource booklet that we use from our denomination yeah, belonging. is called Belonging, right? Yeah. You know, and right. it's like... And but it's not just with churches; it's with anything. Yeah. I feel it with my with my yoga studio. It's yeah. our, our community there is called a sangha in Sanskrit, yeah. and I feel like I belong there. And they, you know, I'm a meaningful part of the community. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, off air, I was just telling you about a place where I just started playing music, and I like felt yeah. immediately like part of the community. And I also got to drive through a beautiful country to get there. Yeah, exactly. So. That's where my route used to go. Is up by that place you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I loved it up there. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah, and and so it's a sense of like being a part of something. And don't we all want that, right? Yeah. Like we all want to have that that place where I feel like I'm I'm a member of this. You know, I'm a part of this, or mm-hmm. I belong here. Um, and there's a lot of like. Uh, I guess artificial ways that mm-hmm. we try to do that, you know, a lot of it comes through social media, doesn't it? Right, like 
uh, I'm a part of a Facebook group, you know, I yeah. mean, I'm not because I'm not on Facebook, but people are right. Or right. you, yeah. or you follow certain folks on different social media platforms and, or you're, you know, you're a, a subscriber to a YouTube channel or, right. you know, all these ways that we want to like belong to something. What if, what if we already belonged? Yeah. Right. What if, what if to belong, I just got to stand up there and look out my window at that tree mm-hmm. and I, there's some part of me that's going to look out and see a connection. Yeah. There's this one tree that I love out here behind the house. So I just love it so much I named it. Yeah. His name is George. <laughs> George. I couldn't come up that's with a better name. That's not what I was expecting. Nope. No. No. Wow. This is George. <laughs> I was thinking about calling him George fractally. of the forest. But fractally is not a word, so I called him George. Yeah. 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 Maybe but, a nickname. Yeah. It's just this one. There's this one conifer. I'll point Fractally him, point him George. Yeah. Fractally George. <laughs> Uh, and one conifer is that what he said? Yeah, it's just a con- conifer out here. So, you know, coniferous. It's not deciduous. It's coniferous, and, right? And it's just I like the way it's just a nice looking tree. And mm-hmm. um, you know, it's I have another tree on, on this property that I really love. But don't yeah. tell George. No, no, no. George and I don't talk about Harold. <laughs> Harold. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i hope george george isn't listening <laughs> he might be because his roots might run right on right right, this. right right over by the wall this could be problems for the foundation um but i just i don't know i just like looking at the tree yeah you know, and I've, I've actually caught myself several times just sitting there and being like is that out where you watch ba- or listen to baseball yeah listen to baseball yeah listen yeah. to baseball you know Maybe I maybe I'm you know got the grill going. It's a patio. It's just a nice day. And you look out. It's yeah. just nice. You know, like mm-hmm. and you know sometimes you have those thoughts about like, boy, I really just like looking at this tree. And you're like, well, I'm a little weird, aren't I? <laughs> you know. But it's the same reason that people like looking at the ocean. Didn't you say something like there's some connection in what you're talking about to the to the ocean and music? Um, people... Well, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, the fractals that are in the ocean patterns of oh, yeah. waves, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. You can see the fractal right. there, um, but yeah, then the sound, like the resonance that comes out of that, yeah, is akin to like right. how you're, you know, you listening to your Bach block, mm-hmm. right, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, I, you know, um, it's fascinating to me that there is some sort of thread of a deeper connection mm-hmm. when we engage with the natural world around us, yeah, in in a way that. It's more than just a pleasant thing to look at, you know, and and it right. explains more deeply why we love the things we love yeah. about our experiences in the natural world. So, yeah. thanks for thanks for that presentation. It's very cool. Of course, yeah, because it, yeah, it really does. It makes me already just makes me feel like I think I understand it a little bit more deeply. Sure, why I why I love you know things like being by the ocean or. Mm-hmm. You know, being in a space where I can look at a beautiful vista of trees or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to know, like, I mean, it's hard to put a reason on why these things are pleasing at first. And then to kind of come to realize, like, the reason is kind of ancient and, like, yeah. built into mm-hmm. uh, the beginning of things. Yeah. Which is really cool and makes yeah. it easier to grasp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's almost a connection to the divine. In that way, yeah, you know, right for for those who prescribe to a divine, yeah, right, like sure. to me, that's what it is. It's like I'm connected. If I'm connected to that tree, then that's meaning that we have we share something similar, and mm-hmm. that similar thread would be that we are created beings, 
yeah you know of different types because i'm a human and that's a tree but yeah. you know george and i we go way back like <laughs> way back <laughs> you yeah. know like which is cool before you ever met yep yeah yeah all right well that's all i have on my response to your stuff thank you for for that presentation yeah. looking forward to it anything else you wanted to add this evening um, I just think Keystone Light for lubricating uh, this. Yeah, this episode. Yeah, like little corn syrup in the gears of our brains. Yeah, it's like exactly it's all lubricated. <laughs> corn syrup in the gears of our brains. Yeah, that's gonna be the name of our like first sands album. through the hourglass. <laughs> Jason and the anthrophones. Is that the word? Yeah, Jason and the anthrophones. Anthrophones, a bunch of schmucks in the back, <laughs> just, just making, making a bunch noise. Of noise. They're just trying to get online in 1996. <laughs> get off the phone. <laughs> I need to check my email and download something from Napster. Illegally. Yeah. Watch out for Lars Ulrich. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that'll do it for episode number 20. We've officially turned 20 here on uh, the Music of the Spheres podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we would invite you to head over to our website, musicofthesphere'spodcast.com. And uh, there you can find whatever listening platform you like. So if you want to share the show with somebody, just send them to the website. That way they can listen on on their favorite platform of choice. We ask you to check us out on all the social medias. We, you know how to do that. Uh, please send us an email. It's brothers at musicofthesphere'spodcast.com. And we would love to hear uh, from you and what you're thinking on the topics we're talking about. It's really just about a conversation here at the podcast. And uh, if you don't want us to read your email, just tell us so at the top, not the bottom. And uh, then we'll not read your email. Or we'll not read a part of it. Whatever part you don't want us to read, put it before that part. That's the simple Use rule. italics, use bolds, whatever <laughs> you need to do to get your point across. But mostly just send us an email. Or or send us send Jason a text, because some people do that. Or <laughs> right. shoot us a, a message on, the, uh, on any of the social medias, and uh, we'll read your message that way, too. Uh, we're going to be back in just a few days with episode 21. We're recording in yeah. four days, that one. so The episode will be allowed to drink. Yeah. After that. All right. <laughs> or the, the podcast. Yeah. We'll have to pour some Keystone Light on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where, where you pour it. But anyway, um, thanks so much for, uh, for listening, and we hope you have a, a wonderful um, rest of this week. Sorry we were missing there for a couple of weeks, but we're back on the horse now. We should be good for a little while, so... From the deepest parts of our beings, we thank you for being part of our universe here at the Music of the Spheres podcast. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week.
It's like it's like the morning breath of planet Earth. That's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> I guess it's waking up. Yeah, you know? I, yeah. I guess so. And it needs to brush its teeth, but you know, it's like it's got that feel of like you know. Uh-huh newness like freshness you know it's like maybe it doesn't need to brush teeth maybe it's just good the way it is yeah the metaphor is like almost there i think (laughs) yeah i'm workshopping it yeah right yeah Yeah. by episode 21 i'll have something really good for you (laughs) because i don't know too many people who uh think like oh yeah i love morning breath (laughs) 